What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 167 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes of video games, Greg Miller. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. And the scared gentleman to my left, Andy Cortez. Hey, guys. Number one video game journalist. <laughs> Getting all the scoops out you, there, you, guys. you were out there scooping for us. I know everything. What okay. was it like going your first event for Kind of Funny? Uh, it was confusing. I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> it, Andy. When it was over, I was just like, I mean, like. They didn't help you out? They didn't tell you stuff? What? And I mean, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then, you know, Christine from PlayStation was like, oh, feel free to get some fat food and snacks. I was like, all right. So, so what did you do? You like munched on some grapes? We sent, we sent Andy to play Detroit Become Human. Yeah. To preview it. So what? You finished the demo? You put the controller on there and sat there like a lump in front of the TV? No, I walked towards the, the general sort of concession area where yeah. I'm just sort of hanging out. Uh, but it was also it also happened to be the area where people wanted uh, people would talk to David Cage one on one one v one one v one shotguns. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you types. talk to David Cage? No, the no. They, they, she asked like, "Did do you have any questions for David Cage?" And like, I was like, nah. "I'll talk to him later." Yeah, <laughs> <You> know? Nah. <laughs> you know, we hang out all the time. I'll see you at the bar. <laughs> we t- we hang out all the time. Um, but it was in that area where all the, like, you know, they had little sliders. Oh, yeah. Sliders are big-time video game really delicious. event. I, I have a lot of questions about this. I want to I get through the rigmarole so right. that we can ask all about your sure. your Detroit event. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We get together to talk about video games, all things that we love about them, give our impressions of the latest and greatest games out there. You can get it early by going to oh. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, you can watch it live with us, or you can watch the... The early episodes along with the pre and post shows, those are those are a lot of fun. Um, or you could watch it later on YouTube.com slash kind of funny on Mondays at 9 a.m. Uh, and podcast services, uh, including iHeartRadio soon. Hey! So that's going to be a fun thing. Um, this episode is brought to you by Hymns and Marvel Puzzle Quest. But we'll get to that Ooh. in a little bit. Also worth pointing out two interviews in this one. And and yes, yeah, so what we're going to do here is we're going to give get Andy's preview of Detroit Become Human. Uh, we're going to get his review of his first game. Oh, event. you're going to score Trip. on it? Yeah. Oh, oh your yeah. review of your event. Oh, I have a review. Your okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they let me play the whole game. Uh, and, and then we're going to get into an interview that Greg did one-on-one with Friday the 13th. Ronnie Hobbs. Ronnie Hobbs. Yeah. And then an uh, interview with Yonaman Nordhagen from where the water tastes like wine. If you remember, if you watch Kind of Funny Games Daily uh, a few weeks ago, we had a story where uh, Yonaman got, uh, had put up a blog post about the commercial uh, struggles of where the water tastes like wine. He had said, basically, I don't know if you can make these kind of games as an indie. And we had a long discussion about that. And then his PR representative reached out and was like, hey, like he'd love to come by. So we brought him by to talk to him about that, about the realities of being an indie dev now, learn a brand new term for the indie developer. You got AAA, you got AA, you got indies. He introduced a new one to me that I like a lot that I am stealing. You have to wait and see it in the interview. But I want to know. Uh, and then yeah, Ronnie Hobbs from Friday Thirteenth came by during GDC to talk to me about where that game's at, the thing, the successes and struggles and everything else they've had. So pretty big show mm, here. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff, and it's all possible thanks to Patreon producer Tom Bach. Fucking thank Tom you Bach. for making the show happen, and thank you also to all the the beautiful Patreon supporters whose names will be doing something at the bottom. Scrolling of the screen. by right now. Wow. Hashtag GSG. Tom. What does that mean? Go Spurs go. Go Spurs go. I don't think Cool Greg likes that one one bit. Nah, no. we're not a threat. It's okay. <laughs> so, Andy, this was your first uh, game of, games of it alone. 
Right. You've done them with us. As a part of Kind of Funny. I've been doing them for since I was 12. Number one games journalist. Yeah. 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 What, what did your whole experience look like? Because I feel like a lot of people at home don't know, because we're, we're so used to it now. Yeah. What, right. what did you do? What was the whole thing? Well, Tim, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you sit back, guys? Took an Uber to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up at 7.55. Yeah. Bought a diet cherry Coke. Yeah. Cherry Coke Zero. Okay. Um, and uh, so essentially I get to the event, uh, walk in, um, and flight, was, fly del- the flight event, was delayed right? a little bit. Flight, yeah, all the, way down to the event was in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Yeah. City of Angels. Um, and the uh, the flight was delayed by like 30 minutes. Gotcha. Already like, I'm kind of worried you about sweating? that. You sweating? You getting the big I'm anime sweat like, drop? I'm already super, like, I feel like I'm fucking up constantly throughout my whole day anyway. And so this is like, I am late. This fucking flight has not let the... Like, I kind of crashed out on the plane before it took off. Woke up. was like, are we in LA yet? Like, no, we're still so in the fucking t- runway. started taxing. God, it sucked. Um, so uh, I got to the event, like, right on time. Event was at 10 a.m. Got there, like, at 9.58. Nice. Um, and uh, walked in there. And initially, they show off... Uh, well, first, I got some fruit, guys. What fruit are you going for? Um, uh, so there was some pineapple. Got a yeah. couple pineapple slices. Sure, sure. Got a little bunch of grapes, maybe about six of them. Six is kind of all you need, right? Yeah. You never want to, you know. You know Don't want to overdo the grapes. Five and a half or less, mm-hmm. six and a half or more. Too much, too little. Six grapes, Nick Scarpino, just enough. Yeah. Um, and I got some uh, some melon uh, slices. Honeydew? As well. Honeydew melon. Right. No, no, no. Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. Gotcha. Cantaloupe, orange one. Uh, nice, nice little variety of, of fruits there. Ate that shit <laughs> with some coffee. And guess what, Tim? They had lavender lemonade. Whoa. Yeah. Did what? you try it? Really good. Yeah? Really good. Well, I was you, expecting... Tony Stark did there for was, a second. There it is. I was expecting the taste of soap. Like, we were yeah. talking about at that brunch one that one uh-huh. time. Um, which, by the way, was the most expensive brunch I've ever taken a part of. And <laughs> I'll never go again. <laughs> um, but it was really good, yeah. So... Um, they start off the presentation by showing us a little tech demo of like what goes behind the technology of this game, right? The sort of the dirty work that you don't really see behind the scenes. Well, you right? see that because you're, you you're, you're a game developer, you know, Voldemort yeah. But I've never even seen this sort of level of next, stuff of like level, level. nonstop uh, motion capture stuff. It's really cool. It's stuff that like I just love watching anyway. So it was super interesting to me. Uh, they talk about. All the different actors that they had, all the different lines. They'd been recording for like over a year, about 400 days, I believe, oh, wow. was a number. Uh, so many different scenes, and it shows. Yeah. Uh, because I just can't imagine how expensive this game costs to make. Yeah. Because there's not only is it incredibly gorgeous, but it's incredibly gorgeous times like six things because there's all these different scenes they have to create in case you pick this certain decision or whatever. Um, our boy, the voice of um, Mr. Krabs, Clancy Brown. Oh, yeah. His character. Oh, nice. I love Clancy Brown. Yeah. Awesome. Lex Luthor. He was Superman there. In the animated series. He no, was he, there. No, that would have been cool. I would have fucking been mad. I didn't go to this been, event if that's the case. Would have been real cool. Uh, so they show off this video, uh, and it's super interesting. And then they say, okay, now we're going to uh, go play the game over there. It's a, uh, um, you'll be playing the, inter- the, uh, the hostage scene. Immediately, I'm like, I already played the hostage scene at E3. I've seen the hostage scene a million times. Right, where you walk in as the android said to be the negotiator. The, I'm Connor. That's his name. The other android's Connor, yeah. got the girl, and he's he's standing there, and he's mad at the, the cops. The deviant is what they call mm, him. My right? apologies. So we sit down. But with and this type of game, you can do whatever you want. Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. 
Um, but luckily, it was two hours of the game. I thought it was just the hostage scene. But essentially, uh, we start off with the hostage scene. Um, the world of Detroit is beautifully realized. It is so cool. It's it's sort of in the dis- distant future, right? It's the year 2038. Um, and they do a great job of showcasing how the city of Detroit has found its resurgence as an Android manufacturer. Uh, sort of like the, the, the fucking mecca of where you go to get androids for all sorts of uses like construction for home uh help fucking they do t- they they do touch on 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 sex yeah, with androids do. in yeah. different magazines that you find around the world um or around the different scenes that you're at magazines it's essentially like the way you find uh little things of lore in god of war or in any game oh, really okay okay there are digital magazines in this in this game uh but they do, a, a, the art design and everything did an awesome job of showing, like, this is how the rich part of Detroit looks and probably how most rich parts look. Very futuristic. It's like, this is definitely clean. the future. De- super clean. Uh, cool looking modeled cars. And then in different scenes of the game that you get to play, uh, it looks like 2016, 2017, 2018 oh, really? Detroit. With... Is that because we're no longer in the rich sections? Correct, yeah. Gross housing, like, it looks like the houses have been there since whenever. Uh, Dilapidated. Old cars, you know. And then so you'll see, like, really nice buses, futuristic buses, driving by with, like, a really shitty old little car that, you know, might be from today's model, but Mm -hmm. they kept it there to 20 years. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, The... uh, so the hostage scene um, is one that's been sort of documented quite a bit, and it's really cool. And you play Connor, who, in the future, a lot of people don't like devi- don't like these uh, these androids because they've taken a lot of jobs from people. Sure, they, they show they show several scenes where like a homeless man is on the side of the road with a sign that says "Androids took my jobs." You know, please don't give me money or you know beggars and stuff like that. Um, and so androids are taking jobs from a lot of people. Sure. So they are re- they are very disliked in the world. Um, and the hostage scene starts off. I mean, you guys have seen it. The um, Connor walks into the room, who is an android, um, and essentially a woman's daughter has been kidnapped by her helper android. Not kidnapped, but he he's holding being her held hostage. Yeah, being held hostage. And you walk in, and the woman sees you, and she sees you're an android, and she's like. You sent a fucking android? You sent an android? I wanted a real person. You know, she's pissed off that the police sent an android to sure. do these hostage, hostage negotiation. So she's already pissed off, right? But uh, you... It, I'm going to love this game. And I ta- I was talking about this to you guys earlier. Like, I loved Heavy Rain. Yeah. I'm absolutely going to yeah. love this game. I don't Did you think, like Beyond? I didn't really play Beyond. I, I know what people think about it, so I just never really mm-hmm. wanted to give it a shot. Um... But I know, um, and, and and that's not like mechanics or anything. It's just like the game story apparently wasn't very good or whatever. Being told a lot of out of time, though, stupid, bad choices. Didn't like the character. He listened to me. Don't worry. All right, Tim, I'm don't going. You worry about this it. game is going to be fucking awesome if you loved Heavy Rain. Yeah, I love. I, I already know that I love this game. And when the demo two hours ended, I wanted to keep fucking playing. Like, Red. I sat there like waiting for the next scenario that they drop you into and lady walked over was like oh that's the end of the day i'm like oh fuck, fuck you i wanted to keep going yeah because it, ju- it started getting really good yeah. and meaty um real but qu- real quick i want to point out to i don't know if we have to but i want to do it of course i think you said it playstation sent us there hey ftc mm. hashtag game provided mm. by playstation just putting that out there absolutely 
Um, fruit provided by places. And as long as I say positive fruit, stuff, fruit, I get extra bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> you get all the fruit you can eat. <laughs> yeah, extra fruit. Um, so the the thing I'm worried about is like how is it this, this is going to be received by the public mm. because it is you know it's all QTEs it is all uh, walking around it is a it is a super incredibly high budget point and click adventure game sure um, but that's what Heavy Rain was right exactly that's exactly. what I want that's what I expect out of this I'm just worried that people are going to expect it to be like this fucking third person shooter like Do you that they so? might have stuff like that I, I don't know just the way it looks the futuristic vibe that you're getting. Remember um, when Nick thought that it was a first-person shooter? Yeah, because yeah. he googled Detroit and a Call of Duty map came up. <laughs> Fucking idiot! So funny. Um, this game is going to be awesome. I how, can't wait for it. How many scenarios did you play? Uh, I want to say six because oh, wow. you keep jumping back between the three main characters. Yeah, you have Kara, who is from the old fucking Quantic Dream demo that. We saw way back when after Beyond GC, came out. GC, yeah, yeah. It GC, was yeah, it was so, like last gen or whatever. Still PlayStation Three era, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so Kara, you play the you play three different androids. Kara, um, Connor, Connor, and fuck, I forgot beautiful Jesse Williams character. I forgot his name. I'll look into it. Um, beautiful man, Jesus, gorgeous. He's eyes. the one leading the Android Rebellion yeah, or whatever. Right? Yes, and. Uh, Again, I just don't really know. Just, I don't want to. Sp- just say what you want to say, but don't say the other <laughs> what thing. I'm not How many say. different scenarios that you played? Do you feel like choices you you were making had a really definitive? I'd say not until the end of this demo. Not until this two hour end of the demo. Um, Marcus, Marcus, there you go. For the first parts of it, PSP, it is very linear. It is very like you can't really do much to change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do such a great job of world building, like. You you start. Do you think it was the start of the game that you were playing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, one of the intro scenes, you are in your box in a store in a box essentially, not in a box, but you're through first person lens eyes or whatever, and uh, people are looking at you like, so so this one is the this is sir is actually the blah 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 model, and you can get it for uh, uh, seven thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars with uh, forty eight months no interest. You know, like they're That's doing awesome. like their sales pitches or whatever. Um, the uh, you play in one of the scenes. You play as Kara, the the girl android, and that is where you are sent to the lower income area of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And it's such a stark difference. It's like night and day. Uh, and um, I I believe people. This story was talked about a long time ago. Uh, dealing with abuse, abuse. Yeah, Paris Games yeah. Week. Yeah, Paris yeah. Games Week. And so was that shown off? Was that yeah. whole okay? So Kara's scene is that. Okay. Um, but you do encounter really cool moments as an android where, you, you know, as an android, you are stuck to doing your own thing. But when you're told not to do a certain thing and you want to break that rule, there's a, a sort of a cool visualization of it of like this fake red wall is in front of you and like you punch the wall and you break it. Sort of like you're breaking through being commanded sure you know you're no longer like this slave or whatever so my question is then for the car scene that we're talking about the <clears throat> abuse one right the from what we from the paris games week demo that we saw and all that jazz uh older man younger girl Kara mm-hmm. knows something's up and has the ability to interfere if she wants to or not or all that jazz how did you feel it was handled because that was the big concern right when people when it originally popped up in just the paris games week uh 
teaser trailer fashion people are like whoa that seemed like heavy duty stuff and are they using it are they using the, abu- the abuse is just a plot piece i wouldn't trust david cage with that these are like the op-eds then i know people played it after the fact at paris games work and we're like okay you know what it plays better than did you come away it with absolutely plays better than okay. than i then guess the vibe it could be represented out. as yeah. right um and there are some really cool things where if you don't explore enough you are unable to unlock certain things that give you uh different results right or mm-hmm. different conversation points as well because you, you might talk to a character and you'll see these two conversations are locked off sort of like paragon sure. sort of renegade sure, 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 sure. effects right uh and unless you were able to see or do certain things then that prevents you from saying or doing other things in the future mm. um the cool i think the coolest takeaway for me was um th- uh, there was like four uh there was four gaming setups at this event and i was in the far end on the far left uh, and I happened to look at my right at one point, and I saw that the woman next to me playing was ahead of me in the level. And I thought, fuck, I just spoiled Like, God damn it, why did I look? Yeah, yeah. Now I know this and that. And my scenario could not have played out more differently than hers. That's and awesome. seeing all the different scenarios on everybody's screens, because then at that point, after I, after I got there, knowing that mine was so different, then I was more sort of encouraged to look around and see, holy shit, I didn't know you could do that. Wow, you could enter that. I didn't know that... And now there's this whole narrative based around this thing. Holy shit. Like, it is so impressive. Every time you finish the level, uh, you see the tree of all the decisions you didn't make. It doesn't show you what the decisions were that you mm-hmm. decided not to make, but it shows you, oh, if you would have picked this, it would have given you four more options, and that leads into three more options. And it's so impressive. It's like, I, I just can't imagine how <laughs> the thought process that goes into writing this sort of sure, thing. Yeah, I can't imagine. And, and uh, just the, you know, how much it costs, like, technically. It's just... For stuff that people won't even see. Which Jesus, is it's part, ridiculous, right? yeah. My next question, then, as a fan of this, and one of the concerns I think people had looking at it, having these three protagonists you play as, did you feel... But you're talking about We're talking about levels, right? Did it feel like there was a hard stop between these levels, or did it feel like it transitioned you into the next one flawless? Like, were you being told the story, or is it too early to tell, or wasn't there? Did you feel like these were just different vignettes I'm getting in people's lives that, like, you're two hours, five hours from now, are going to somehow intersect? Um, you could definitely see where they were about to intersect, um, at least in my opinion. But um, they are like maybe they were like maybe twenty to thirty minute chunks of each character. Okay. Mm. And so you're doing this as this character, and it that it may not have a super like awesome ending, but it's just like it gets to the next story, right? Okay. Okay. And then you jump back to that character that you just finished maybe an hour later, you know, like sure, sure. They're just little snippets of their lives, sort of world building at the beginning, and then shit pops off towards the end of the demo, and that's where it's like, oh, I want to keep playing and see gotcha. how this unfolds and sort of tell this story the way I would want, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so goddamn cool, man. Yeah. Do you think that when you play through it, you're going to be motivated to play through it again in a different yeah, way? Yeah, I did that with Heavy Rain. With Heavy Rain, I like I I got my ending, and then I wanted to get the other six endings just to see like how the cutscenes ended up. How, like I'm so interested in that stuff. Um, and also, and I think they do a great job with characters because Clancy Brown plays sort of this detective. Um, who, you know, your old sort of grizzled cop friend mm-hmm. or whatever. And as Connor, you seek him out because you need his help as sure. Connor. Um, he's at a bar drinking, you know. And, as, as they do these and humanoids, you, these meat bags. Yeah, exactly. Meat bags, man. Um, 
But what they do a really cool job with world building. I was telling Kevin this yesterday. Um, there are these, again, these digital magazines sort of around the world. And this doesn't have to do anything with the story. It's just cool that they care this much to tell the story about the world that they're currently living in in 2038. Where one of the, one of the magazines was like talking about how this new it's similar to Elon Musk's Hyperloop or whatever mm-hmm. where they they built this brand new underground travel thing or whatever yeah and it goes from LA to New York and how that's changing how people work and live because people are choosing to work in New York and get paid a certain amount yeah. and live in LA where it's cheaper and how that's like fucking with the housing market and stuff sure. like that uh they talk about how there's a football player that's trying to be a, an android, or there's an android that's like oh, a, okay, a okay. quarterback, and like how that's like cheating and all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's you know, cool. That's really it's cool. really fucking cool. And then there's another article that I didn't really, I didn't get to, uh, but it was sort of breaching on the subject of like a uh, a place where you go have sex with women, like escorts, sort of, but they're robots. Yeah. And so, and like, it's like the reviews are in, like, Android sex is, been, you know, it's like the reviews are in. Android sex is better <laughs> 10 than out of 10. Sex. Yeah, it's just like, it's cool the way they sort of are building this world that you may n- actually dealing with the problems you'd th- you yeah, start to think exactly. about. Exactly. It's all happened. Um, I don't know. It's just really impressive, and I can't wait to play more, man. Yeah, I'm really yeah. stoked about it. Okay. When's it coming out? That, that's May 28th. Uh, May. I thought it was, is it 28th? I thought it was 20th. I don't know, maybe. You would know better than me, probably. I No, probably not. No, nope. <laughs> oh, okay. one games journalist <laughs> no. that has that. Number one games journalist. He, you know, he just plays him ahead of, ahead of release, so he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't matter yeah, much Yeah, exactly, him. exactly. Doesn't matter to him. Hold Death on. Stranding 3, really good, by yeah. the way. Oh, wow. Yeah, Death Stranding 3 is coming along already. Right? Right? That's all I see. Hold on. I got the information for you here. Uh, May 25th. I was right. Friday, May 25th. Starting on... This was in the embargo sheet, so I assume it's fun. Starting on Tuesday, April twenty fourth, you got you can download the hostage scene and play yourself oh. as a demo or whatever you want to call it. That's yeah. cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Demo is featuring the hostage scene becomes available on the PS Store starting uh, Tuesday, May twenty fourth. Yeah, there April twenty fourth. There are different story threads I want to talk about, but I don't want I want people. I'm to glad you're not ruining it. But here, Mike. Does it feel like, even though they're coming together at the end, it's telling you a cohesive story, right? And yes. do you, and do the three androids. Do their motivations and places in the whole story so far feel set different enough? Because like my read on it, right, was always that Kara was the girl, the android who, as we saw in the demo from Paris Games Week, is the one who's about to break her programming. Right, Marcus is way outside already. He's leading the revolution, and then Connor, the cop, is still not where even Kara is. He's been on the job. He knows what he's doing. And then I'm sure he'll start to see this, but he's probably has to investigate it as an Android or something like that. Is um, that fair in terms of where they're placed in the story, but don't not without spoiling, which I know sucks. Chronologically, like stuff has been shown completely out of order. Okay. So okay. like as I played it, I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I just assume based on all the previews we've seen that this and this was a thing. You know? Okay. Mm. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to say. Shit I know. About I'm glad. It. I'm glad yeah, you are. But you liked it a lot. You came away all right with it. Yeah. I acting I'm, is the acting good? Are we getting any origami killer crap? No, no, no. <laughs> Acting's great. Um, my my problem with it is like it does seem at some points to be like where some of the scenes seem a little too over dramatic. Mm. Where like they they obviously you have to create drama and you have to create tension drama. and whatever. Um. But there are some scenes where uh, just like uh, a little, little cheesy for me. Okay. Was there was there any scenes that that you played through that you're like, oh, I kind of got the dud version of this storyline? Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not, not dud, but like the bad part of the mm. storyline. 
Oh, uh, so you weren't bored. No, 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 not that I didn't enjoy it, but like fucked it up. I fucked it up. Really bummed out about it. That's good. That's the point of those games. I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm happy you liked it because this one was like a little iffy. Where like I it was one of my games of the show D three I think the last two years yeah and it's like it looks really cool but like there was always that worry of like this could get fucked up at any moment I think it's like it's gonna be the a super cool game to play with a significant other or best friend just sitting down that's what I'm excited and about. your G, your, yeah, yeah. G is gonna really like this yeah thing. it's gonna it's really cool because the again like these the different outcomes are just so impressive um, again my I, I think it's like kind of cool in the industry to be the person who like down talks like walking simulators or like oh like m- why not just make a movie if you're going to go to that length of like motion capture like I don't know there's like well, I like your choice they're just there's just like edgy like sort of like vibe that some people talk shit ha- yeah they, people like to talk shit about like heavy rain or David Cage like games you know yeah even just walking simulators because like oh there's no skill involved just make a movie or whatever I don't know these this is clearly crafting a story that could change moment to moment, mm-hmm. and like that's a movie can't do that. So, so fuck off, you know. Are you gonna play the whole thing, Tim? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, if it's good, yeah. This is all, definitely on my list. Of, okay. It looks great. The at E three last year, I saw uh, behind closed doors demo. I didn't get to play, but just watching the three people, I I got to play outside, but that was the same thing we've done. The hostage thing times. we've done yeah. many times. Yeah, uh, but the the I got to see the the scene of him starting the revolution. Mm. Like being outside, I think yeah. you saw as well. Saw that E3, yeah. And uh, they showed us, I remember we were talking about like totally different versions of how that can mm-hmm. go. I'm like, this is great. So yeah. Cool. Okay. It, it starts off re- super slow. and um, But a pacing choice, right? I, yeah, I think it's just more of a world building choice. Sure. Like just to show. This is what a normal Android life is show like. Show the right mechanics, now. show yeah. how the world is uh, to get you to concentrate, I think, more on the sets and what's going around you, like walking from point A to point B and there are Android protesters in the street and they throw shit at you and they mm, mm. get pissed off at you. And then you have the option that pops up is like ignore or use your laser eyes on them. <laughs> <they're> <laughs> a cop that essentially intervenes and the guy's mm. like, this motherfucker's going to be taking your job in a few years telling the cop. You yeah, know? Yeah. He's like, all right, leave him go. I'll have to find you if you damage it. You know, like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's more about setting the stage and giving you, um, that's cool. Yeah, like letting you know what this world is about before really getting into story stuff. I really like the the magazine stuff and like even just in two hours of you playing, like Super how cool. much random cool shit of yeah. the world that you even know. Like that sounds yeah. really dope. It's really interesting. And I don't remember shit. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like the Android thing I feel has been done a lot and like this kind of like what's real and what like do they have rights and all this. Like we've seen those stories, but I feel like I like that this is attacking it from all angles and they're really getting into okay, it is the near distant future and like Less than Blade Runner, you know? Right. Uh, and then when we look at things like Walking Dead and Zombies, it's like Zombies have been done so many times, but like I like Walking Dead because I feel like it, especially in the earlier days, and like comic-wise, it explored a lot of the things. It's like, okay, we've seen a lot of this before, but it's all in one thing, and it's not just a zombie movie that's over, you know? Where it's yeah. like a two, 28 days later, awesome. You get a sequel in a couple of years, cool. Walking Dead could be like, we're living in this world, and it's going to just keep going on. And I feel like Detroit... As a big open video game, there's a lot of uh, opportunities for it to, yeah. to tackle Android issues from a bunch of different perspectives, especially in a story-based game where things can go differently. I like that it's just it's different to me because most Android-based games are, you know, the AI goes crazy and blah, but but this one is like Androids are hated by a lot of people in society and like people who can't afford them hate them and people without jobs hate them even more. And because I don't think we've really seen 
the robots are taking our livelihoods from us. Like, it's normally been, like, the AI just goes bad, and it's tired, you know, like... Ultron shit. Yeah, we normally just see that sort of thing. Well, yeah, but it this sounds like there's two two distinct threads here, right, of, yeah, our side of it, or the human side of it, of, like, robots are taking our jobs, but then rich people really like them as servants. Yeah. But then the Android side now of, we're smart enough that we feel like we're humans and we deserve rights, I mm-hmm. assume, like that, and I doubt it's... I don't... I don't know, but I doubt it's going to be laser eyes, and we're like yeah. you know the up the uprising is us overthrowing and trying to eradicate. Even though I'm sure there'll be some that say there. Yeah, that's the one thing Andy's know. not saying. He's like there was a real crazy turn thirty minutes in. They, they just all fucking <laughs> shoot into the sky and fly. Yeah. They lift Sokovia. Yeah, yeah. Any other closing thoughts on Detroit? How was the trophy list? You get in there, you get in there, you get some trophies. Popped a lot of trophies. Did you really? That's I did pop a lot of trophies. <laughs> that's what I like to see, man. Yeah, yeah. You do uh, at the end of every like little scenario. Not only do you see. Obviously, what you did, but I think you pop a trophy like after every scenario. Probably, felt like, I felt like that happened a lot in Heavy Rain, right? Yeah. Where it was like you got one or the other, and yeah. maybe there's multiple outcomes, but you, that's how it worked. It's so cool, man! I I'm can't, excited, man! I can't wait. Um, I I hope it's received as well as I want it to be. Cause yeah. I, well, I, I hope it holds together, right? Like two hours yeah. is great, but I hope the whole story and narrative and everything they nail what they're going for. Totally. Do you feel like there's a lot more game there? Like, do you feel like you're just scratching the surface oh, yeah. of it? Yeah. Because like revolution stuff didn't even really get close. Mm. Like the the stuff from the E3 demo did not even like get mm, close to mm, that. So mm. does it hold up visually? Fuck yes! Yeah. Oh my god! Because everything I've so seen. So again, we're, was like, again god, though, we were playing beautiful. on giant ass Sony 4K TVs that are super top of the line. PS4 Pros, I'm sure. PS4 Pros. Um, David I, Cage was giving you back rub while you play. Yeah, checker box. David Cage was just sitting there, and he was like, "Do you want to interview me later?" I was like, "Ah, we talk later, man. I'll talk to you." <laughs> yeah, can't wait, man. Can't Excellent. Wait. Excellent. And again, visually, it's just fucking so stunning. Yeah. Every time they, like, most of the close-up shots of the humans or the androids, it's like, super close-up. We want you to see all these fucking pores, Look dog. at them pores. Look, Look at, at these pores. pores. Yeah. Look at how fucking wet his, like, the little thing in your eyeball. You know, the little... Yeah, that weird little... Yeah, the pink oh, the, oh, duct. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah the yeah. duct, yeah. Look how fucking wet this looks, you know? Jesus Christ. I love a good wet duct. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> stay tuned for Greg Miller's interviews. Thank you very much, Andy. No problem, guys. Number one games journalist. No Andy problem. Cortez. You know it, man. I'm always here for you. For guys. all the scoops, following at Maximum Cortez. On yeah, Twitter. guys. Let me just say, Overwatch Four, not bad. Oh wow! Huh? Yeah. Oh wow! He's talking about that too. Okay. <laughs> Promising. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What interview are we starting with? Uh, we're going to start with. I. You know what? I'm going to do it the way I did on Patreon. So let's start with where the water tastes like wine. That sounds great. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast is brought to you by Hims. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. Do you know that, Greg? I did know that. I've you read did? this ad because, a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, how will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? You'll probably feel good, right? If you know that your hair is still there. Andy, you've been going through these issues. You've been yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff I've been using Hims. I've been using Hims for about a month and a half now or so. What are your thoughts? Uh, great. It's awesome. <laughs> how easy is the process oh super easy yeah you take a you take a photo of your hairline you take a photo up top and you take a photo from behind and you send them in and it takes a couple days because the doctor reviews them or whatever and then they email you back and they're like uh well you got to you answer i think like 10 questions maybe i don't even know if it was that many um and then uh and then yeah you get prescribed and you get your shit really quick now we got it really quick because they're here in sf oh so I got my fucking order like the next they day. Walked I was very they walked it over. They walked it over your house. <laughs> threw it at my face. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Forums.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, thanks to science, baldness can be optional. I, I like that as a little mm-hmm. tag on there. That's a good one. Uh, Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss, just like Andy was just talking about. Uh, you can order now. You can get a trial month for just $5 right now while supplies last. You can go to forhims.com slash gamescast. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash gamescast. Forhims.com slash gamescast. Forhims.com. Build your hair. Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> build, build your hair. Rebuild your hairline. Beautiful. And this episode is also brought to you by Marvel Puzzle Quest, one of Adam Kovic's favorite games. He's a big big fan of this thing. He plays it just like all, all the, the damn time. time. Uh, Marvel superhero fans assemble. Now that we're all together, let's talk about this. Uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest is Marvel's only match three puzzle RPG mobile game experience and you can download it for free today. In Marvel Puzzle Quest, you can create a custom team from the Marvel Universe that features such characters like Tony Stark, Iron Man. Well, there it is. Puzzle Quest. Black Panther. I never freeze. Deadpool. Uh, Wowie Kazawi. What is he it? does say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, good old Wowie yeah. Kazawi. Rogue Gambit, Black Widow, Jessica Jones, and more. There are more than 150 superheroes and villains packed in the game. Once you have your team set, you can join your friends or other Marvel enthusiasts like us and be a part of an, part of an alliance and compete against others on the leaderboards and weekly tournaments that reward both you and the alliance. Uh, there's a story mode. There's things going on. Thanos is involved. Speed of Infinity War, the additions of the MCU versions of Captain America and Black Widow arrive in the game along with a brand new feature called Supports, which helps your team with increased stats, powers, and abilities. Uh, there's a special offer for new players right now. You can download Marvel Puzzle Quest using the link at our at the, in the description, and you get yourself a Thanos for free. Are you downloading it right now, Greg? Oh, I've literally already been playing. Oh. When you, when this came through that we're going to do this, I'm like, what is this game? And I jumped in, and I'm not lying to you. I jumped in. I was like, what is this puzzle quest? Oh, it's really puzzle quest? Oh, it's from D3. This is the puzzle quest that I loved on PSP, but now it has Marvel superheroes? I wrote back to Rooster Teeth and our people. I was just like, this is awesome. Thank you for bringing my attention. Every time Kovic tweeted about it, I never knew it was a legit, it was puzzle quest. Yeah. It's puzzle quest. Where's Puzzle Quest, man? It's been hot on my phone with a Marvel skin. <laughs> I unlocked Spider-Man. I was super excited. Yeah, I've really been playing. Uh, and it's free. So that's that's fun. More than 150 characters. Uh, players can compete in versus tournaments. Infinity War arrives in the game, like I just said. And yeah, special offer for new players. You get a free three-star Thanos for Marvel Puzzle Quest. Available Damn, dude, in the link below. Yeah, dude. Three, you don't want to mess with one of the three-star mm-hmm. Thanos. Nope. Look no, at thank how you. Spidey is. He's doing his moves to Doctor Doom. Uh, Not joking. Not really playing out. it. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. Very cool. Yeah. So now, you want to t- check in with Yanaman? Yeah. As I live and breathe, Yanaman, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. This is insane that you're here. Uh, it is kind of actually. Yeah. yeah. I was, it was like, so like as I said in the lead-in, as I will. We haven't recorded that part. But as I said in the lead on Gamescast, right, uh, this spawns from Games Daily. On Your story came up on Games Daily about where the water tastes like wine yep. and that you think these games can't be made, which we'll get to anymore. We'll get to okay. it. We'll yep, get yep. to <laughs> it. And it was one of those things I'm just like, I don't know, and I should reach out to him, blah, blah, blah. And then there's Pat off camera, your PR dude, who was just mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, I watched the show, and do you want him to come by? He's local. I was like, oh. Yeah, I would very, very much like that. <laughs> so Games Daily people, as I said earlier, you might remember uh, this story that came through from gamesindustry.biz a while back, Brendan Sinclair, uh, and it was all about you, right? And the quote of, basically, I'm not sure that games like this one can continue to be made in the current climate or market, talking about 
the re- reaction, the critical uh, success, but maybe commercial struggles of where the water tastes like wine. Yep. So I want to walk it in because uh, sadly, not everyone watching and listening right now watches and listens <laughs> to Kind of Funny Games Daily. What is Where the Water Tastes Like Wine? Right. So Where the Water Tastes Like Wine is a narrative game. Um, it's about traveling and telling stories. You sort of wander the Great Depression in the United States. Uh, you meet these different characters and you you trade stories with them to learn about their lives. And one of the cool things about the game is that uh, we got – a different person to write every character right. out there. So it's like this collection of short stories uh, in video game form, basically. Um, so that's all cool. It's also got uh, amazing art and, you know, this uh, fantastic cast of voice actors. It's got a whole, yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's got, got a whole lot of things uh, going on. Oh, there, And that's the thing is there's a whole lot of things. And so the, Article is based on this blog post you put up, right? Or right, yeah. postmortem you yep, put up on yep. Medium, was that right? Yep, yeah, that's right. Uh, where you were talking about, I liked how you went back and updated it because it got. I assume this got way more attention than you expected it to. Yeah, yeah, way more. I, like I was, I you know, I don't know. I was writing it. All my other team members did postmortems, and I was like, yeah, I'll do one too, talking about it. And then yeah, it just blew up. I'm sure mine won't wow. be the one that gets all the headlines <laughs> and explodes and becomes a giant exactly thing. What you want? Yeah. So, where the water tastes like wine is one that my audience had been telling me about forever and i think mm. pat and like just people in general just like oh greg you love narrative games like this you loved gone home and you you were one of the yep. co-founders of fulbright yeah right? that's right yeah um it was on my radar in that respect let alone what talks gets talked about in the games uh industry.biz article right the fact that makes its debut at game awards in 2015 yep that's right uh yeah. you know gets all sorts of awards and first looks and ign's talking about all these amazing things are happening for it how long had you worked on the game uh, about, about four years, a little less than that, but yeah, it's, so it's, it was a long time. Sure. And then when did it come out? It came out February, end of February of this year. Okay. Yeah. And so that's what are we, when you write this postmorph on your end, are you writing it with a month under your belt? A little bit yeah, more? Yeah, it was a month. It was a month under. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what is the take, what was the takeaway? What do you mean by basically, I'm not sure that games <laughs> like this one can continue to be made in the current market? Uh, so that's definitely like... I was probably being a little bit too simplistic there, um, but on the internet, oh, I know. Talking right? about the entire yes. video game yeah. industry. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, really? Yeah. You see? <laughs> um, but uh, basically, I was looking at games, especially single-player narrative-heavy games, um, like this one, uh, especially ones that try and maybe push some boundaries and are experimental in some ways. Sure, uh, you know, because we were trying to do a lot of different things, different news things. You know, we were not only um, trying to, you know, do a narrative game without any, like, combat or, you know, traditional, not a lot of traditional mechanics. Um, we also were trying this, you know, short story approach. Uh, we, it's a different setting. We had kind of all this, uh, all this innovative stuff, let's say, um, right? Uh, and innovative's cool, to, but it's hard to wrap your head around right, and get exactly. people like, stoked it, for, right? It is, it is a hard thing to sell. Like, I definitely, yeah. you know, um, as far as, like, what shoebox to put this in like when people ask me like oh what genre is this game you know the best i can say is oh it's a narrative game like yeah. if you like stories yeah. if you like reading if you like things like that then you're you're probably gonna love this game it's all about stories and stuff but i can't tell you like it's an rpg it's a you know platformer any of that yep. sort of stuff like steam does not have a drop down for categorizing this game right <laughs> um that makes it a little tricky sure um but yeah in general like uh especially lately i feel like We've been 
we've been seeing a lot of games come out like this, uh, and they're not necessarily doing as well as we might expect commercially, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's going to be tough for people making this kind of game 100%. in the future, right? Like, and I don't think, I think that, you know, uh, amazing games will continue to be made at all sorts of levels. Like, especially if you look at the the kind of personal games, the stuff that goes up on itch.io, like sure. the, the thing that's like a person making their vision, um, telling their personal story, that is, that's going to continue to happen. And that's that's amazing. Like, I love that that's happening, right? Sure. And we're still going to get um, the triple A games out there. We're going to get the, the even the triple I sort of things, you know, uh, uh, in the Valley of the Gods, the new uh, one from um, the Firewatch folks. Yeah, Campo. Campo um, you know, that... That is being made. It's going to be amazing, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I hope it'll do well. Um, but that's interesting. I haven't heard anybody say triple I yet. So that's, that's oh, like triple yeah, A. Yeah, is that exactly. what you're calling triple A? I don't know, like that a lot. I'm gonna start stealing step that. Up. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, but uh, but I guess what I'm worried about is is trying to make this kind of game on a commercial level, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, where the water tastes like wine, I could have made this uh, on a lot simpler uh, of a way, like, for for less money and, you know, everything like that. We wouldn't, however, have, like, the voice cast that we've got, you sure. know? Uh, we didn't mention this previously, but, like, Sting is in the video game, right? And, like, even Dave Fenoy, you know, can't happen at at no budget. Oh, right? sure, yeah. Uh, you know, things, things like that can't, can't really go on. So you can make a version of this game, but whether you could make this game to the level of polish that it that it had sure. as a commercial prospect worries me a little bit. And you know, I might be totally wrong, right? Like I'm looking at the success of my game, some other narrative games in the past that I that I know about that haven't done as well as expected, stuff yeah. like that. You know, but it, at the end of the day, it's anecdotal, right? Well, I mean, so I, I we'll don't see, think you're. But. I don't think you're wrong, and that was the thing when we talked. It, well, I don't know if you ever caught it with the discussion we had on our show about mm. it, where it wasn't that I thought you were wrong. If anything, I just wonder if you're ahead of the curve. You know what I mean? If you're, if it's one of those like I feel everything you're saying, awesome voice cast. All, you're doing something different where there's more than a dozen writers working on. It. There's all these awesome things on this game that make it sound rad. But are we at a point yet where Indies, whether they be triple I or they be just irregular indies, are able to get that amount of reach to make that work. And that's where it is, is I think you look down as as we've seen the indie movement grow and go from, all right, cool, I'm I'm making an indie game means you're making an eight bit platformer right, to yeah, now yeah. you can make whatever it is. It's gonna look like whatever it is. That's only gonna continue to go where five years from now, ten years from now, no one's even gonna think about indie that way. It's it's gonna be like how quaint it is when I think back to two thousand seven or two thousand eight, we'd be like, oh, it's good for a downloadable game. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, what totally, I mean? Yeah. Of like, oh, bec- it's I, I'm it's not a different rubric because it's not a full fledged game. I feel like once these walls break down and people understand where they can go to find games and that there are these awesome things and that even the avenues break down because you're PC only, right? Uh, or yeah, PC, PC Mac. Mac yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah but, but not to like the consoles. Like I'm a console, right, yeah, plebe, consoles right? Yet. So like that's the reason I haven't played the game is sure, the fact yeah, that yeah. oh yeah, cool. I don't want to drag my PC around right. and do all this yeah, different yeah, stuff absolutely. like that. I feel like as that stuff fades away, it's like maybe there is a market for it, but right now you're too early to it. That that could be the case. Um, I mean. On the other hand, though, like Gone Home, you know, which is similarly narratively experimental, sure. you know, at the time that it was made, there was almost nothing else like it. You know, it was, yeah. it was really cutting edge. Um, it was in a lot of ways lower f- fidelity than, you know, this game. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Right? Oh, sure. like when we made that, it was on a shoestring budget. We had, you know, like 
two voice actors and you know uh, some some licensed music, and that was like that was it. We spent almost nothing on that game, yeah. um, and it did really well. And I think you know part of that is is the reach that you're talking about, right? Sure. Back in the day when that came out, um, it was. I, there were fewer games coming out is part mm-hmm. of it, right? And yeah. I don't want to blame it all on that. But there's also, um, I think, the the way and the places that we talk about games have changed since then. So back then, you know, it got – it had a similar path. Like we had a lot of early attention. A lot of people were excited about it. A lot of press coverage, uh, award nominations, all that good stuff. Um, and when it came out, that translated into financial success, right? Sure. However, these days, uh, one of the things I talked about in the postmortem is that, like, I feel like this game got enough attention. It got coverage from all the major sites, you know. It got all the places that you're, you know, you would be, you'd love to get coverage in, you know, including places like the Washington Post. You know, we got mainstream media coverage, yeah. um, which is rare for an indie game, incredibly rare. Yeah. Um, and that didn't translate into what I would expect commercial success wise and like I want to be real careful here because I'm not claiming that this game is entitled to a certain number of sales or anything like that right like that's silly like if it's if it's not a game that people connect with or whatever like they shouldn't buy it and that's fine but given the amount of yeah again attention and the the spotlight that's that's on the game and the the amount of conversation around it going in uh, no one expected the outcome that we saw i guess is so thing. is that so from your experience as somebody who you know fulbright gone home you're there you're you right. see all this stuff happen you see it start to happen in a similar vein with where the water tastes like wine in terms of coverage people talking about it, blah are you sitting there getting ready to launch the game going like man it's going to be gone home again or it has the chance to be gone home again no not at all i mean i think that actually um a few years ago, uh, like maybe 2016 or so, uh, you know, when the Indiepocalypse articles started coming out and all that stuff yeah. started happening, like I began to realize that, you know, okay, well, this is not at all like there isn't a lot of financial security. No matter how good of a game you make, you are not – you can't rely on it doing well commercially. And sure. honestly, that's the attitude I had going into the launch here. Um, I wasn't really – I mean I was I was – I was definitely surprised by the actual numbers, but I was definitely prepared for, you know, the commercial uh, realities of the industry in 2018, let's sure. say, you know, sort of thing. So, um, but I think that that's a, it's a story not just of now, but of the past couple years about what has been changing in the indie market and how difficult it is as an indie to make it. And I think that Part of it isn't just uh, the idea that, you know, um, your game may or may not do well. And as you were talking about, like, new avenues open up and people learn about this stuff and things like that. It's being able to survive and also being able to bet the amount of money that it takes Mm -hmm. to get to that point even, right? Like, if you had come to me – I mean, coming off of Gone Home – Funding a game like this seemed like a really good bet, right? It was like a single-player narrative game, experimental, uh, looking at how Gone Home did and looking at this. I was like, yes, let's do it. But if you'd come to me in 2016 and said, hey, will you give me $100,000 to make uh, an indie narrative single-player game that I'm going to sell on Steam, I would be like, I'm not investing in that project. (laughs) You know, no way, right? Like that's never, you know. Um, And so I think that – 
it, it's not just the ability to succeed that needs to be there. It's also like the uh, an amount of acceptable risk that not only mm. like people will self-fund or you know take the number of years it takes to finish their project but also that publishers will be out there willing to give these projects money and the and the stuff they need to succeed right how does that work for where the water tastes like wine was it you come off of gone home and you're like i'm gonna do this all on my own and sell or did you get publishers do you have investors how did it all work for you guys so yeah coming off of uh gone home when i actually started the studio before i even announced what uh, the game was going to be uh, this. This is what 2014 was like. Is I had three or four major publishers calling me up, saying like, "Hey, what are you doing? And can we be involved with that?" Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, "No, you know, I'd rather hold on to this game, and you know, I'm going to self fund it and everything sure. like that, and uh, and and do that." Uh, however, later on, you know, as I began to see everything, and then as my own budget for supporting the game began to run down. Um, I realized that, you know, the game would benefit from a lot of things like voice acting and, uh, you know, just basically finishing finishing funds, let's sure. say. Of um, course. And that's when I found – I connected with Good Shepherd and we sort of partnered up to make it what it actually turned into, um, which is a lot better than what it would have been. Let sure. Me say. But yeah. Well, that's what you're saying too, right? Of like you could have done this game a different way. You could right. have not yeah, done yeah. this. You could have ended it that way. Yep. And I mean – that, Cause that's what I'm re I was reading. I felt like more into the quote by the end of the conversation we were having, right. Of like, you know, can, can you, I don't think they can be made in this climate like this was the fact that, do you think it was that at some point, not that you overextend, but the game scope overextends beyond what would be profitable or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Right. Where if you, if good shepherd hadn't come along or even if just you were like, I don't want to do the voice acting. I don't want to do the polish. I want to put out this indie game. Would the the expectation for that kind of game been met by the success it saw rather than when you go in, you get Sting and Dave Fenoy, the two biggest names in voice acting, <laughs> uh, and you have them on this project, suddenly the budget skews or you know expectations skew? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, even for the game that this would have been... Uh, without the voice acting and everything like that, uh, the results would have been disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly would have been uh, closer to expectations, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. What do you think then? Is I mean, what, are you seeing? Are uh, you talk to indies in such a different way than I do? I see them when I play their games. And I talk to them that way. <laughs> but like, is this something everyone's bracing themselves for? Are they, are, are they, do they understand the market and where they are now? Cause when I go to PAX and I bop around, right? Like it's awesome. And PAX amazing. There's a million great indie games. I walk around and I walk around the mega booth and I don't stop until I see the game that speaks to me because I know that uh goal farm from IGN and somebody from GameSpot and somebody from uh, just a YouTube channel, they'll walk by and the other games will connect with them. But I'm the one who's going to connect to, piggy ball or whatever and i gotta sit you know what i mean i want to sit down and play it yeah i feel like that's awesome but i also feel it's a shift from how it used to be where when i was you know pax east 2008 9 whatever the first one was when i went with ign uh you go there and it was let's play everything and you play everything and you come back and you report on everything because that was doable and there was there was a it's similar to how in 2007 i felt like you could play every game period or big game that came out every game of consequence that came out i could play at ign and have something to say in a podcast about it but nowadays of course not there's no po- there's 30 games a day coming out on all these different platforms and lots of them are awesome are indies and the people you're talking about your contemporaries peers are they understanding of that do, do they set their expectations on that 
I hope so. I mean, that's part of the reason that I wrote the postmortem like I did. Like, it wasn't meant to be, I don't know, a screed or, you know, a rant or uh, Everything's a horrible. cry <laughs> for, for help or anything like that. It was more meant to be like, hey, just so you know, uh, even if everything goes well for you, it might not work out, right? Because sure. I think that it's sure. easy as an indie to look at the way things are in the market and say and find reasons why it won't happen to you, right? Yeah. Like you can look at games that come out and you can be like, oh, well, you know, that's fine, but we've, you know, we've won awards. Oh, that's fine, but we're going to get covered by the press. You know, we've gotten all this, all this attention already, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Oh, that's, you know, that's fine, but we're making a different kind of game, you know, that sort of stuff. And you can look at the the games that come out and don't do well and sort of like rationalize to yourself why yours will be different. And and uh, I mean, I'm sure that the same thing is is possible with with what I wrote and everything like that. But I did just want to say, like, hey, look at how everything can go really well for you, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't meet expectations. And like, again, that's mainly like it, the audience for the postmortem was my fellow indie developers. Of course, like, it's not it's not f- meant for other people to look at. But but for those people, I wanted them to just look at that and take a second to think like, okay, what if everything goes our way? You know, what if we get the the coin flip heads up for, you know, six months straight, but then we just don't, don't do well after all, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that there's ways to prepare for that. I mean, like I said, you know, I approached uh, Good Shepherd uh, looking for help finishing the game because I wasn't willing to like, you know, mortgage the house I don't actually have, but you know, like uh, <laughs> spend down the last of my savings, yeah, figure yeah, out yeah, my yeah. 401k, you know, all that stuff to, to make I know this, this is going to be the hit. This is right. going to be the thing. I need to make it happen. Exactly. And like, I'm, you know, not, uh, I'm not, you know, begging for spare change on the streets of San Francisco right now because I had a semi-realistic idea of sure. what the commercial outcome might be from this. And so I guess... And I think that this is happening in indie circles. I I am definitely seeing a lot of people say this sort of thing. I don't know whether it's being heard or not, but like the the takeaway that I kind of want there is like, don't do that. (laughs) You know, don't don't bet at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You read about uh, like the Cuphead folks. You know, they they talk about like oh, we mortgaged our home. Hey, we like the the roulette wheel landed right, and look, we're we're doing great now. And uh, I just like don't. Don't do that. Don't go to Vegas. You know, like don't yeah, yeah. don't bet at all. Uh, I guess would be one thing I'd want to say. The one thing I've noticed, and I want you to correct me, obviously, if I'm wrong, that you're not saying when you're talking about, hey, we had everything lined up the way you'd expect it to be, rewards and mainstream coverage and all this. Did you have evangelists? Did you have let's players or personalities? And this is not me looking for a pat on the back about <laughs> gone home, but like gone home, right? I was far from the first person there, but I was super vocal and I, I played it and I was fucking giving away the game and I didn't shut up about it for the rest of my career. Right. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you miss that? Is that something you look back of like, Ooh, I wish I had something like that. You know, it's really hard to know, uh, whether that's happening or not when mm-hmm. you're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, Excuse me. As as we came up on the release of Gone Home, there were definitely a lot of people, mostly in the in the mainstream press, who were like, "Wow, this is new. This is exciting. We are we're we're super into what these folks are doing. Yeah. Like this is going to be cool, everybody, right?" Um, 
nowadays though, like we still had that on Where the Watchers Are Going. There were a lot of people who were like, this is gonna be something special. This is something we've never seen before. Um, this is, you know, it, it's it's so important. Like we had a lot of people write articles about how it's like their game of the show at this place, how it's gonna, you know, this important game that's gonna change whatever. You know, I had yeah, like yeah. Uh, college professors emailing me saying, can I teach your game wow, in my literature awesome. class? Like stuff like that, like it's really, really great, right? Yeah. And so, it's very hard to figure out, though, whether that is making a difference on the wider scope of things, right? Sure. And you only really get to hear about how things are going with streamers and with YouTubers and, you know, like the the kind of more, I don't know, of this era evangelists and, and things. Personalities, whatever. When yeah, you're, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when you're very close to release, you know? Because sure. um, you only give out those keys like a week or so you yeah. know, before release. So it's really hard to, to gauge like how popular is this really? Mm-hmm. If you have mm-hmm. one or, you know, even if you have like five, 10 people like all shouting your praises, is anyone hearing that? I yeah. guess is the question. Right? Yeah. It's a huge so, struggle, right? Yeah. That's a huge part. Question I have for you based mm-hmm. on, like we said, this whole, you know, uh, post-mortem kind of blew up in a way yeah. you didn't expect. Have you seen an uptick in sales based on that? Uh, not, there, there has been a little bit, definitely, um, yeah. but not, like, an, a huge amount, not an appreciable... Not you know, like, you're not like, it's, it's all like, turned around! Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, it's launch day again Post-mort, or right? Like yeah. Post-mort of the post-mort. Right, Write yeah. a post-mort if things don't go well, and that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. But, um, wh- one thing that I have, I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot of advice from people, uh, both unsolicited yeah, I was going to say, right? Yeah, 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 and, the internet, uh, now they're involved. They're going to tell yeah, you how yeah, to market exactly. the game, and I'm uh, part of the problem, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> uh, people, and from people who know a bit better, you know, fellow developers and things like that. Um, and one thing that gives me a little bit of heart is that a lot of people have said, uh, you know, it used to be all about launch day on video games, yep. right? It used to be all about launch day, launch month, and if that didn't perform well, then, you know, too bad. That was your one chance and you're you're done, yeah. right? Um, but these days it seems like things are a little bit smoother maybe. Like you don't get as much of a launch as you used to, but uh, you can still get attention down the road. Like that's not your one shot. Well, I feel um, like that was the, even, the, even the story with Gone Home, where it was that... I had totally missed coverage leading up to it, and it wasn't until the review started popping that I was like, oh, this game seems like it's reviewing well. I don't really know what it was. And I think it was uh, Justin McElroy who was just like, hey, if you're reading this Play Gone Home and don't read anything about it, I was like, oh, fuck, I got to play it. And I did, and then, you know, on and on and on, and then there's Steam sales, and then it gets uh, ported over to different things, and there's different platforms involved. Yeah, yeah, but still, if you look at Gone Home, I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers in a long time, but I know that, like, our launch was definitely still the Mm -hmm. biggest biggest thing, and that, like... you know, that was the spike. And if you've, I, a lot of people at the time were posting, like, you can't post numbers from Steam, but you can post, like, your graph or whatever. And what it looks like is this gigantic spike at the beginning and then, like, sure. you know, a tapers little, off you know, into the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's still largely true, but luckily, again, we're seeing a little bit of maybe that evening out and that games have a longer life now. Sure. I don't know exactly why that that is but it's it's a good thing honestly for games like this and for other games the only problem is is that like if you release a game like this you still have to be prepared to survive for a while as a studio or as a game developer without necessarily that launch day payoff right so like if you work for four years on something that's a long time to go without getting paid for it already right and then if you have to like wait another 
six months, year, or whatever for big, like it to turn payoff. around. Yeah, 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 then it's like, uh, this is this is getting getting scary. Like going six years without uh, a paycheck is a, is not. I can only. I can't can do, go right? two weeks. <laughs> right. Exactly. I get terrified. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that's that's part of it too. Is that I don't think that there's no way in which these games can ever be successful. But like when you limit this kind of game to the people who can afford to go for four or five years without getting paid, that's a very small group of game makers yeah. that you've got there, right? Yeah. Like how, and do you, how do you get that? And that speaks to your quote, right? I think right, that exactly. definitely speaks to your quote in terms of like somebody who wants to make this caliber of game, somebody who wants to put this kind of thing in and make a, a more triple-I game. <laughs> I'm taking it, dude. Uh, like you need that kind of buffer. You need that because that is the financial reality of everything that's happening. Yeah, exactly, right. So then, and I'm not trying to pin you down, I swear. No, no worries. Are there, are there, is there talk with this of then other platforms, right? Like everything that goes to this Nintendo Switch apparently turns into the <laughs> yeah, golden just egg a, and just right, explodes, exactly. right? There you go, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that's uh, a little bit... The bias in the discussion is, you know, towards successes. Like people, you're a lot more willing to speak out if you're a developer who's like... I just made my fortune on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, Everyone yeah, should yeah. come here and dig gold with me, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> then if you if that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. And so I have heard stories of games where that that doesn't turn around. But to get back to your actual question, I'm not dodging it. I swear. No, but I like, don't. Uh, uh, yeah, we're hoping to do uh, additional platforms and things like that, right? Yeah. The problem is again that requires more time and, and more money. And, money. and yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, it's 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 tough, especially when you've rolled the dice and it hasn't worked out once already it's even tougher to double down on that and say you know it's doing it but i can only imagine being in your shoes and going to publisher x or in your case good shepherd and be like hey guys all right i know it's <laughs> gonna do what we thought it would but trust me on switch on playstation right, yeah, yeah. on xbox just, yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. step up and put up the money one more time yeah, 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 yeah. exactly <laughs> so um but we are you know like uh we do have plans for the future of the game like platforms are part of it um uh, we're doing. Uh, I updated the postmortem with this. I don't know if you saw it, but we're doing a new content release in May where we're oh, going nice. to bring out more of the the stories for the game. We're adding some additional writers. Like we're doing um, some really cool stuff uh, going forward. Um, so like, it's not. It's absolutely not the end of the road, right? Yeah. And I, I never meant the post to say like one of the things that's really made me sad about writing that postmortem is that um, certain outlets picked it up and their headlines were, this game is a failure, right? And that is the farthest thing from what I feel, right? Um, and so there is no sense in which we believe that to be true or that we are like you know, walking away from the explosion, you know, without looking back sort of thing. Um, it's, it's <laughs> Why much more do we of a, do like, this? <laughs> this is, this is the reality now. And, yeah. and how do we support the game in the current reality in a way that makes sense? Right. Mm. Um, and, and again, the postmortem is, you know, out there to let people know like, Hey, this is, this is scary. Like not just for you, if you're an indie developer, you should think about these things, but also Let's think about what the industry might look like if games like this weren't able to be made anymore. Like, sure. if you could only make a certain narrow genre of game, or if you could make experimental games, but they had to be low budget experimental games. Like, what is that? I, I don't like that reality. I don't know if anyone else does either. No, and I, don't, I, imagine. I don't know what to do about it. Well, either, I mean, but, like, I mean, hats know. off to you for it because this is what I've been talking about. Uh, whether I'm talking about a triple A or a triple I or just regular, <laughs> and is the fact of 
I love where games are at and where the industry is at and the fact that you can we can have these frank discussions out in the open. Mm-hmm. That this doesn't need to be you giving a GDC speech off the beaten path and only certain people see it. Everyone can get out there and have this conversation and talk about the realities of what it's like to make a game. Because I feel like that's what the disconnect is between you, the developer, and us, the gamer. Where it is the fact that if I am just buying the game off the shelf or I'm only buying out of the bargain bin, I don't understand what the re- financial reality is for developer X trying to make this and get into the publisher and then when other people are looking at your game now and be like oh it sounds awesome and I'm I'm chief of my and by the way fuck you I'm gonna buy it on PC and play it on PC <laughs> but it's it's that thing now because you sold it it sounds like a great game but it is the thing of like when I see it and, and people are like you'd love this game is it on any of the consoles I own no I'll wait right. well I can't sit there and wait on the sidelines if it's never if if your livelihood is hap- it depends on it let alone the viability for a publisher to say yes we will put it out to everyone else Right, absolutely, and I think you know. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know that an appeal to gamers to say like, "Hey, support the kind of thing you want to see in the world as much as you can," is going to change anything because this is like a systemic thing. But that is definitely important. Is like, if you like something, like just think about how more of that gets made, mm-hmm. and it's. And I'm not trying to like. I I do this too. Like, I'm not trying to shame anything or any anyone or anything like that. But like. Buying games in bundles is not going to support developers forever. Like buying, you know, waiting for the Steam sale and stuff like that. Only like, for it to be on PlayStation Plus or Xbox Gold. <laughs> right? Or yeah, exactly. Gold. Like that stuff is totally valid. And again, like I do it as a consumer, but like as a developer, it's tough to make a money, uh, make make a living in a yeah. world where that is the way that these things happen. You know, and. Yeah, again, I don't I want to tell anyone like you have to spend uh, the full price of the game every time you see something you like or or anything like that. Just it's a tough world out there. Like it's it's hard to make games. Uh, It's hard even if everything goes well. Yeah. So then what is the next step for you? Of course, the 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 I want to say vlog because I'm so focused on video, (laughs) Uh, the medium article and then games industry biz mentions you were thinking or considering returning to AAA. Is that still the case? Oh, really? They said that? Wow, that's, that's what it weird. Says here. Um, yeah, the experience I had Nordhagen that. considering returning to AAA. <laughs> he previously worked at 2K Marin in Bioshock 2. Or uh, abandoning games entirely, it says. <laughs> wow, yeah. No, I think uh, I think I explicitly said in the end of the postmortem <laughs> that I was not going to do that. Um, I, I mentioned those, I think, as, you know, hey, that... that that looks like a valid path. Like if you're if you're making mm, indie games and it's not mm. working out for you, like these these are things that I can do, right? And gotcha. I'm I'm incredibly lucky in this, va- right? I'm I'm a programmer like from way back, so like I can go get a AAA job. I can go work at you know Facebook or Google or something like that, making non-fun software, you know, or yeah. whatever. Um, but uh, no, I'm not planning on on doing any of that stuff. Like I still want to make games. I'm just kind of trying to feel out and and the postmortem was part of that process is like trying to feel out what that means like how does one do that sustainably you know mm-hmm. how does one make the kind of games that I want to see in the world while still while making rent yeah exactly <laughs> feeding myself you know like how does that happen yeah. so yeah okay what haven't I asked you Oh gosh! This is all about uh, you and the so <laughs> I can plug right now. Plug uh, should, away, should, please. So if you're interested in the game, uh, you can obviously find it on Steam, where the water tastes like wine. Um, just search for that, or maybe wine. I don't know how many wine-related games there are. Uh, but you can also go to <laughs> <laughs> be like, oh, that Witcher expansion, great. Yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, you can go to uh, where the water tastes like wine dot com uh, to to find out more about it too. If you're curious, there's yeah, there's a lot out there. Okay, great. 
dude, thank you so much for coming by, number one. My pleasure. But even more importantly, thank you for writing the thing, and thank you for pulling the curtain back and actually explaining, because I think it is a thing. Yeah, you're right. We hear about Shovel Knight, and we hear about <laughs> Cuphead, and we hear about these guys who nail it, but what is it like to put out a game that you believe in and you love and you tried hard on and you got all these amazing pieces together, but it just doesn't work? And I know... I being chief among them hate writing the post like hey we did this thing guess what it got 5,000 views nobody cares <laughs> you know what right. I mean yeah, but like exactly. here's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. learned and it's an awesome learning experience and I'm so happy to see that I'm glad conversations like this are coming out of it at least so that's great thank you again so much for having me on here no problem man take yeah. care take care back to your regularly scheduled kind of funny programming so that's it. Uh, see what happens. We do something on Kind of Funny Games Daily. It becomes Kind of Funny Games Cast content. I like A long that. time ago, you said uh, you didn't want that show, Games Daily, to happen. You I were terrified like, you of it coming in and usurping you, but mm-hmm. I told you we could work it together we and we made it, it happen. We can work through this. We can make it happen. Now, would we you like to take a trip back please, to 2017? Yes. When a game called Friday the 13th like rocked everybody's ago. world. You know what, Andy? It's not, about, it's not your time anymore. It's okay. not about Detroit. Right, you just right, be right. quiet, all right? Sure. I know I didn't talk about this a lot in 2017. I like a game called Friday the 13th. Played a lot of it. It had its problems, though, of course. Little team making a big game. All hell broke loose. Where are they now? I thought I'd bring in Ronnie Hobbs during GDC and talk to him. Mm. Not only that, I want to give a big shout out to the Friday the 13th game subreddit where I went and I troll all the time. I troll, I guess. What is it? I lurk. I'm a lurker. I don't com I don't comment or post, but I'm Lurking always watching. Controlling. Very different. Thing. I know. Yeah. I stopped. I screwed up. You see that new Reddit? I don't know how I feel about it. I have not seen new Reddit. What's new with Reddit? Uh, if you go on Reddit, there's like a big option that pops up, like a pop up ad. It's like, hey, do you want to use the new Reddit? Oh, okay. And they're like, if you don't like it, there's you can still use old Reddit. Don't worry. But here's a new option. Mm, well, shout out it. to the Friday the 13th subreddit because I went over there and asked. Hey, I was like, hey, I'm, I got Ronnie coming in. You guys, I have more. Bigger, you guys have more in the weeds questions than I do. It's just, a ca- even though I'm like, I put, you know, whatever, how many hours in, I'm, I'm a casual fan, I would describe myself as. Ronnie argues that, but then I bring up the fact that no, that's not the case. So I went there, they gave it questions, and here they all are. Answers for you, Friday the 13th, Ronnie Hobbs. Let's go. Let's go. As I live and breathe, Ronnie Hobbs. How you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, good. So you see, I, when I used to do that, there was an audience that clapped because I used to do it on Up at Noon all the time, right? Where'd they go? That, well, that wasn't even here. That was a different place. Yeah, IGN had a bunch of seats. No, no, that no. wasn't part of the deal. So I want to. I, I don't. I don't do that much anymore. And I want you to know that I held for applause. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm and totally the, forgetting it's just cool, no Greg, in the room. So let's try it. Cool, Greg. I need you to clap after I Someone say Someone has right? to clap. All right, hold on. As I live and breathe, Ronnie Hobbs. Yeah, yeah see that? No, you don't clap. You well, shake the hand. I'm God trying to just it, make Ronnie. it. I'm trying to get it hype. <laughs> You're trying to get it hype, <laughs> Ronnie. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. You made a game crawl Friday the Thirteenth. I did with several other people. Oh my God! And that's what he's here for. Yeah, he's Friday Thirteenth, man. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, we're all he's big like fans. some random dude here. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> we're big fans of Friday Thirteenth. We, we know you're a big fan. And, yeah. Have I have I tweeted enough about that? Have I made that clear? You to have tweeted more than your fair share. Thank you. More than the required amount. And you we, deserve we it. Thank you. You're by no the way. Uh, you, uh, no. Thank you. Thank you for making the game. Thanks for everybody at Ilphonic at, at Gun for making the yes. game, doing all these different things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Friday Thirteenth caught me off guard last year. In what way? <laughs> I, I think when. You know, for me, the journey really... So I remember when the Kickstarter was happening yep. and stuff like that. Um, but I'm, when Sessler came by to talk about it... That's he, right. Yep. He pitched it, and it was very much like, oh, okay, that sounds like something... All right, whatever. That's I like Friday the 13th, but yeah. I, I'm not a multiplayer guy. I'm not a, a games-as-a-service guy. Like, this doesn't sound yeah. like something I'll play ever. Yeah. And I remember him like, no, but it's really cool. And yeah, I'm like, all right, we'll see if it actually comes together. I'm yeah, never sure even, thing, Adam. Never even heard of these... <laughs> da- yeah, exactly. Yeah. They paid you, yeah, Sessler. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. 
And then when we got our hands on it, I was uh, I was enamored and floored yeah. and locked in and still play. Like I dig your game quite a bit. That was a common theme. Yeah. You know, of course we knew the Friday Thirteenth fans would play it. Sure, the license would be there. The amount of people that played the game that really don't like horror games in yeah. general. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's the beauty of the game. Like you don't have to like horror. You don't have yeah. to like Friday Thirteenth. It's just it's fun to be with your friends and try to figure out if you can survive or not. Right. Like, well, you know, what was so funny that I didn't expect, and I can't remember if Seltzer tried to sell it at the time, but when we started playing, yeah. and especially when, like, you know, Jen, my wife, would watch me play it or whatever, how quickly you're, I'm playing this game, and I've been enjoying this game, sure, but playing it with somebody else in the room, how quickly it becomes they're watching a horror movie. And they're like, exactly. why are you running up the yeah. stairs? No, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, you end up doing the same dumb shit that yeah. like, and, and, you yell at everyone, right? And there'd be the, there was that like meta moment of like when she did that the first time, we're like, oh. You're right. Like, wow, this game works on such a different level. Why did I come in this cabin? He's chasing me. Like, or why did I run outside the cabin and run into the woods? That's stupid. Yeah, like, exactly. There's nowhere exactly. to go. Like, but it happens, and that's like the beauty of our game, I think. So here's what I want to know, Ronnie, because we're this is gonna we're gonna span the gamut, as they say. All right. You know it. what I mean? Because I I've played a lot of the game. Yeah. I don't consider myself a super expert. For I a think, lot of our audience, I think you I might be an expert at this point. Uh, as somebody who looks at the subreddit for, uh, like, I still have, okay. it, I still have it tagged as my one of my favorites, so I see all the posts. Yeah. Like, okay, trust me, those kids are experts, and I want to go to their questions eventually. Yeah, sure. But so I want to do basic information for a lot of people at Gamescast who are watching or listening who don't know about it, yeah. or and then into fan stuff and all over the place. So if you're an expert, stick with me. We'll get there eventually. For people on the base, Gun and Ilphonic, you work for Gun. Yes. What is the breakdown of work there? Like that, that was something that even confused me, I think, when the it, game first it, came it, out. It, it always is because people are like, wait, did Ophonic make this game? Did mm-hmm. Gun make it? Mm-hmm. Is it a combination? Is there a third party? Yeah. So Gun, what we do, we're just a, like a creative house, a mini publisher, if you will. But publisher is really probably not the right word. Okay. We just find cool shit and try to make it. Okay. So going back 10 years, we've been thinking about some type of tribute to Friday 13th before yeah. we got the license. Sure. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what we do is we design the game from start to sc- from start to finish and try to account for every single possible scenario. Okay. We look a thousand miles down the line and, and then get the money and get the funding together. Okay. And then we'll find a development studio that we think is awesome oh. or that we know can make this game. Okay. And we'll team up with them. Okay. And that's the partnership. So we'll do the marketing production, like producer director side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And keep the title on track. And probably a lot more other things, too. And then we'll hire someone to build a game. Okay. So that's who Gun is, and, the, and Ophonic is our developer. Gotcha. So because they worked on Evolve, yeah, um, they were they were recommended from Turtle Rock. Yeah. We called Turtle Rock, and um, they said, no, you should go to guys at, at, at Ophonic. Oh, so wow. That's, that's how we met Ophonic. And, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. How long, so in this 10-year timeline, how long ago did you meet them? Uh, well, so when I, when I say the 10-year timeline, that means... In our brains too, so that goes. Yeah, you way. had an idea of like we should make a horror video game. Yeah, so it's like half that time is just thinking about it and trying to find a way to make it happen yeah. without telling anyone, without talking to a dev team. So we met Alphonic. Uh, we we announced summer camp in uh, Halloween of 2014, so it was before that. Okay, so, yeah. okay, yeah. And so yeah, w- how long's Gun been around? So Gun, that's that would take us an hour to talk about our history, <laughs> but Wes and I have been working together since. Probably 15 years. Okay, wow, okay. So Gun was, before that Gun, we were working in advertising. We were hooking up video game companies with uh, product placement. So like sure. Codemasters with um, Ford. Okay. Like things like that. Yeah, or yeah, Gillette yeah. and Madden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early, The early years of Integrations. advertising inside of video games and how to do it. Okay. And then we just started, we had our own consulting firm. We were working on other people's games like EA and Sony and Microsoft. And we yeah. had like guys like Dan Shu working for us. Hell yeah. So it was just, we were a consulting firm. They were like, wait a minute, why, let's just make our own games. Yeah. So that's when we started getting funding for Breach and Clear. Which okay. was our first iOS. It was a mobile game. Yeah, yeah. So I know Breach like Rainbow Six. And we took that money 
And it's, okay, we got some money now. We have a little bit of money. What are we going to do? And that's kind of how that kicked off. Okay. And so what do, that start, this all, your, your story is so interesting. You start as, yeah, an homage to Friday the 13th, correct? Yes. So shortly after Breach and Clear, you know, Wes comes to my office probably daily and says, okay, let's just think about ideas. So after Breach and Clear, there was probably a six or seven month period there where we didn't know what we we're going to do next. Yeah. So like, do we make a sequel to Breach and Clear? Do we start doing something unique? So if you have something, this is the time to pitch it. So we all kind of collectively went aside in our own little worlds and for six, seven months, just wow. obsessed over every idea you've ever had. And yeah. Then we pitched it. And that was kind of one of the ideas we loved was this asymmetrical horror game because yeah. we loved all the horror movies from the 80s. And it was our shot. We're like, well, no one's ever going to make a Friday 13th video game, it seems. Yeah. Like, yeah, they had yeah, no yeah. interest in making one, apparently, because it's been 30 years. Yeah. So let's just Well, be they the nailed worst. it. The NES version, they just knocked it Yeah, about. right. Yeah. It's <laughs> only going on get any way to go from there. Right. So that was kind of how that happened. But And so you go public with it, and that's when the well, license c- comes into play? Yeah. So we spent a little time just internally on prototypes, making sure that it was the right idea. If yeah. You're going to bank your entire company on something. You better, because everything looks good on paper. Yeah. Even if you thought about it for 10, 15 years and you think you've, went down every single rabbit hole um there's always problems like the game that you design on paper is never the game that happens yeah so we started prototyping to make sure that was good and we started having fun so we're like okay so that's when we hired tom savini yep and kane hotter yep and harry manfredini because like hey if we're gonna make a friday 13th tribute let's get some of the guys get the real folks in somehow they said yes yeah we don't know still don't know how but wes called them and sure they respond like let's do this we're like, holy shit, it's insane. <laughs> like, why, why are you agreeing to do this? But they just thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. That's when Sean Cunningham was at a horror convention and ran into Harry Manfredini, the fame, the guy who did the kick, 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 mama. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. So um, he's the sound designer in our game. So um, they ran into each other and it's like, hey, what are you working on? And he's like, oh, I'm working on this game called Summer Gam. It's kind of like Friday 13th. You should check it out. And that's how Sean found out about our game. Yeah. Sean sends us some emails actually first through some other people. We thought we were getting trolled. <laughs> we thought, we, we, I, mean, I mean, honestly, we thought it was some guy trying to steal our idea. Yeah. We didn't really know it was him yeah. or his people. So we ignored the email for probably three weeks. <laughs> Just big time, dude. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. kept responding. And we were like, no, this can't. We would have meetings every day, like an hour long. What do we do? Should we, should we engage this? Yeah, yeah. Are they going to sue us? Yeah, exactly. What right? if it really yeah, is yeah, him, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out it wasn't. So finally, the phone rings when he's like, dude, I'm trying to get a hold of you guys. You're not responding. Yeah. It's him. So and he's like, hey. Well, this is the game exactly what I wanted Friday 13th to be for the last 10, 15 years of my life. They've been trying to make a game, but they never had a good idea. Yeah. They were being pitched single player, sure. be Jason. Sure. Walk around and, and hunt counselors down. He's like, I wanted something more than that. So he's like, if you guys can turn your game into Friday 13th, you can have the license. Wow. So for us, that was pretty awesome. How long did it take to turn the game into that? Well, luckily, because it was a tribute. Yeah, it was already we, pretty close. <laughs> we were getting pretty close to the flames, so to speak. Anyway, we were yeah. going to push it to the limit. Obviously, yeah. we didn't have Jason in our game. So it was really about yanking our other killer out, um, putting in Jason. But then it was really, okay, now Jason, we have to be the ones to explain what Jason hears, what he see. Yeah. Does his mother talk to him? Yeah. Like, how does he get everywhere at once? Yeah. Like, those are hard things to design because in the films, they hide that. Right. right? No, yeah, no, they no, do yeah, cutaways totally. and they're very clever. In a game, you can't hide any of that. Right. So really that it took a while for that just to Well, that is what for me floored me and impressed me about the game months after launch. And months yeah. after me already liking it and you know playing it and loving it 
was the fact that like what because it came out initially when the spring right or yeah. yeah right and so then you get to October and yep. Xbox did that sale where they're like oh buy Friday Thirteenth one through eight for like a, yeah. seven bucks yep and I was like oh yeah yep. and so Jen and I watched them every night and so nice. having played the game yeah. I was like oh right this feels really familiar like when I'm when I'm talking about playing the spring sure. this seems like and I remember that and then you watch the watch the movies yeah. and I was like holy fuck was I underselling how much you guys had done here. Yeah. Because like you've recreated the exact lodge and this mm. character and clearly this character is this archetype of this person and like yeah. you can see their clothes are influenced by that. The yeah. fact that Jar- Tommy Jarvis is Tommy Jarvis exactly. that I didn't yeah. pick up on like you know yeah, really playing. people are like Who, who's Tom? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's really the guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And so then like to go through it and be like oh wow like I never really filled in the blanks of yes like jason yeah. is teleporting across the map and like yeah he's just there all of a sudden in the movie yeah how what that that's how they figured out how it would look in the game and yeah. how they did this and sound effects and why this jason uses this weapon and this because that's all he yeah. used and it's like holy fuck yeah we as you can tell we were fans yeah when, when we said we were lifelong fans i mean i had their posters on my wall as a kid i had tom savini on my wall as a kid yeah i waited in line as a kid to get sean cunningham's autograph one time like we were really awesome. fans that loved that franchise to death. So we we seen that each film a hundred times. Yeah. But when, when we started creating the game, Wes and I and Randy and everyone else on the team, it's like, okay, how do we get these real life locations in the game? Because they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Those places are torn down and you have to watch the film. If you want the blueprints for those houses, they don't exist. You got to draw them. Yeah. You're calling the state department and trying to figure out, hey, do you have blueprints? No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just watching the film over and over and over and trying to figure out, wait a minute, because they're very clever with cuts and they make it seem like the place is bigger than it is. They, yeah, don't, they yeah. don't just walk through and do a tour of yeah, the place. Yeah. So that was actually a lot of work. So when, when we hear people say, oh, man, you guys really nailed it. That's really awesome to hear. Yeah. Well, I mean, that it, was not an easy thing to do. It just showed, I think, yeah. finally watching this. Like, wow, like there was yeah. so much work that went into this of making it look we like We had that. to really. I mean, we didn't know another way to do it. Like, yeah. We couldn't just slap together a house and go, oh, that's the uh, Pakanak Lodge and have fans go, that's not Pakanak Lodge. Are you insane? Right. Yeah. I thought yeah, you yeah. guys were fans. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, we, we tried to get as close as we could. Now, we had to make some gameplay decisions inside the house, occasionally make rooms a little bigger. Of course. Yeah. yeah. A little smaller. But other than that, we, we, we I think we nailed it pretty well. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, when do you start to realize this game's going to be far bigger than you thought it was going to be? It's funny, because I don't know if you were around during if, how much you kept up with the game while we were marketing it. So, we had this marketing strategy where we would go to each PAX, yeah. and we would do a panel. And then we would have a, a panel, but we'd just have a video ready to go live that we'd send out. So, whatever video we were showing at the panel, we'd send out to the press. And we didn't know if that would work. Yeah. But we'd label the video, oh, PAX South, even though we weren't showing that PAX. We were doing a panel at PAX South. We didn't have a booth. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But the press is looking for PAX South Sure, of course, of so course. we started showing, the first time we showed Vanessa, there was a, we showed um, Higgins Haven, it was a Higgins house, and she was getting her head slammed in the door. Yeah. The reaction we got to that trailer, it was just one kill at the very end of that video, and it was just like people were so offended. I mean, it was like, I mean, he grabs her head and does the door kill on her. Yeah. That was it. And people were like, oh my God, they lost their minds. Yeah. And the trailer got tons of views. And we're like, okay, people really want to see kills. So then we started like, okay, how about a kill montage? So yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we released the kill montage trailer. That trailer, the first kill montage trailer, it hit 18 million views on one website alone, like in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we stopped counting that, the views on that trailer combined on the internet at like 200 million. Jeez. We're like, oh my God, this is insane. Yeah. This is, and then our E3 trailer got 10 million views. It was the first gameplay. Yeah. There yeah. AAA studios who didn't even get, a fraction of those views and we're like we're we're on to something here yeah but also we're in trouble yeah because the marketing outgrew the resources yeah in a way like it's a really good problem to have sure but that's kind of when we knew when we started putting those videos out and people were like this is the best thing ever i can't believe it and then people were just 
on the other side, they were just highly offended. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always a good thing, right? Yeah, for a horror thing, right? Yes. Like that. So, and that was, again, what I think spoke so interestingly to it is the fact that it was a game based on these movies that are all about gore and making you yes. cringe. And like that's yeah. the horror of those, right? It was always the special effects of Tom of like, exactly. we're going to gross you out. Yeah. And so to see that come up in the 2017 timeline of where video games are, yeah. of like, it's not even so much the video games grossing as much as like what the source material is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially. And this was a mistake we made. I don't, you probably know this, but all the counselors, like four of the five male counselors in our game are paid backers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, no one no, really no. does. So four of those are real people. That's their real names. That's their likeness. They're oh, my kick, God. They're really? Kickstarter backers. They paid 10 grand to be in our game. Wow. Only Chad is the fake, the fake Fucking guy. Fucking Chad. I know. Well, you you should Chad's see how dick. <laughs> we researched the snobbiest names ever. Yeah. Get Kensington, Chad Kensington. Apparently that's like <laughs> an Ivy League name. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. But the girls, because they were made up, they were done faster okay. than the guys oh. because you have to go back to the backer and get a thousand photos and then share feedback. They, that was taking a long time. So only models we had were females. Sure. So the first people that were getting murdered in our sure. game were female characters. Gotcha. And man, it was this one brutal kill on a female after the next. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. We probably should have rethought that shit. <laughs> we're very sorry. Like that wasn't on purpose. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So we got some backlash for that, but it's okay. You know, so. Well, I feel like that, instance is kind of par for the course with you i feel yeah. like there's been so many as somebody looking in on you yeah. right but who's been in the video game yeah. industry a while so many learning lessons so many lessons to learn oh, from yeah. what happened right because oh, yeah. what where i'm driving at obviously is the fact that how big is ilphonic how big is gun well see that that's the thing like ilphonic at any given point probably had 18 to 30 people working on this game yeah which is not a lot for no, no, a no, game no. we're just trying to compete in the triple a space a gun there was four of us yeah ben was doing all of our social so Twitter, Facebook, Discord, Reddit. That's a job for five people. Sure. So he was doing that. Wes and I, Randy is dealing with Kickstarter because that dominates 75% of your time, which if you've never done a Kickstarter, you don't really realize that. Yep. You have 20,000 people that want answers and, yep. and deserve answers immediately. So Randy's being drug away to do Kickstarter stuff. So it's me and Wes trying to market the game, keep it on track, talk to Ophonic daily, play yep. the game, bugs. I mean, we had four people doing the job of probably... If you were a AAA publisher, it'd probably be 20, 25 people, maybe even sure. more. Sure. So it wasn't, we were continually caught off guard because we were under, uh, undermanned, if right. you will. So it, it was, that's really not a lot of white people. So, so when you, is that when you're seeing these numbers on these trailers where you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, this is awesome. But yeah, yeah, we, yeah. how do we even, I mean, imagine trying to answer, you, you probably deal with this a lot, but I mean, there's not a whole lot of you guys that work. Here, oh right? yeah, yeah, no, no. We we on a very on a smaller scale. I yeah. wish we had how 200 many, million views on that thing. How many <laughs> messages do you probably get all the time? Yep. I and mean, you yep. feel responsible to yep. respond, right? We were talking about this earlier about the subreddits, right? Yeah. Where so I, even I, like I, I personally, and I know Randy and Wes have too. I mean, I've, I've struck up conversations with thousands of people on Twitter, private messages that are fans of this game that have yeah. reached out. I'm like, oh my god, this means so much to me. And I don't want to just go thanks. Yeah. Like that's a shitty thing to do. So I write back and I get to know the person. All of a sudden, I'm talking to 3,000 people simultaneously. Yeah. While I'm trying to make the game and. It gets out of hand yeah. at some point. So that's taking your time away too. Right. Just the constant fan communication. That you, but you're happy to be doing that because you're a fan too. Yeah. So, you know. And I feel like you know, somebody who came on late, right? I mean, yeah. I had Tesla on earlier, yeah. but like I'm playing it and I'm like, I don't know if I want to like this game. Yeah. Like I had missed the whole Kickstarter success you guys had okay. had, the, yeah. you know, the Savini skin, all this, yeah. all the jazz oh, you guys yeah. had there. Like you guys had yeah. a whole bunch of goodwill behind you. Like people were behind this game, still are. Yep. But it was that. You released it, and then it was word of mouth immediately, yeah. and it was me and a bunch of other people, and, we're, and the servers are just melting. Yeah. Stop me if you've heard that one before. <laughs> a game doesn't work on day one. Oh, I know. What a surprise. But for us, it was just, we had a memory leak issue, too. 
that, that we didn't catch through mm-hmm. testing. And so the Xbox version had a memory leak. The servers were melting. We had database login errors where it was duplicating your profile on the back end and like yeah. getting caught in this gigantic pipeline, just thousands of fake uh, logins. trying to play, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was just duplicating errors. So we had a, quite a few problems at launch that it took us months to yeah. recover from. Because the phonic, well, the, the, the thing is like, oh, just hire more people. Well, you... You can't. I don't know if you've ever been hired. It's an interview process. You yeah. have to move yeah, your whole yeah. family. It takes three or four months to get new people in. Yep. So there's not a button where you can just throw money at it. Just but I mean, there, there is a button for servers, right? All right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. hit the server button. Right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. all that just takes time. And even if you have, even if you sell three million copies like day one, you don't get that money. You know, like Sony and Microsoft yep. same don't pay you. Yeah. Exactly. One. Exactly. It takes yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can't even fix the problem with money, which was the problem for us. Like yeah. it was to step back and see these problems, and we could do nothing about them except for pray that the guys Elphonic didn't like crumble under pressure from right. working so many hours, which yeah. they did. They were sleeping under their desk trying to solve these problems and we couldn't even give them more help. Yeah. It's a pain, painful thing to go through for those guys. So, sure. And yeah. I feel, and I, that was the one thing for me at launch that I was like, again, I, I was understood yeah. what was happening thanks to Adam and thanks to, yeah, yeah. you know, just being pe- attention and a student of the industry, but to watch people flipping out on oh, yeah. you guys. And I was like, but these guys, they're not EA and they weren't, they're not even like, you know, you weren't even that. Yeah, exactly. Like double a video game. You know what I mean? Like you guys are trying to make it with a small team and this was an independent thing that you didn't expect to go this way and you got the license and this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, I felt for you guys in that moment. Well, thanks. You know what I mean? Well, like, (laughs) you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, I don't think we ever talked about on the shows, but, uh, well, this part stick with me at, uh, indie mix the other night I ran into, Randy, 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 right? And he's like, "Oh man!" And the first thing he was thank me for the pizzas. Oh, I know. It, well, yeah. During when it was all going to shit, yeah. and I was seeing you guys try to fix it and try to put it out, and you were doing the Twitter convos and you were yep. active on the subreddit, and, and, yeah. and it was clear that like we're on it. We're just there's not much we can do. Yep. I hit up, I guess, one of your guys yep. through that who told me the address, so I sent you guys or sent yeah. Ilphonic yeah. a bunch of pizzas because I knew they'd be working late. I know how that yeah. runs, and they appreciated it. Yeah, so, and that's yeah. the thing of uh, we're I'm lucky and like we're lucky, kind of funny best friends, folks, because we get to have this interface and talk to you, and we've seen it with other developers and we know how rough it is and how and i know how when it's all going wrong because it's gone wrong for kind of funny before yeah. and all you're getting is the wave after wave like this is such a simple fix why aren't you yeah. fixing it just do it just turn out it. just pay for more servers it's that yeah. simple and i don't know thing one about how to get another server online but i'm sure it's not easy it's not a button <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's a very convoluted yeah process. so like i knew that and i felt for you guys and it was it was the thing of like okay and it, and it's gotten better and I, we, yeah. I think you apologized to me, or maybe might yeah, have been. Yeah, I did. I'm like every time we do a stream here, I'm like, yeah. all right, it's double XP, is whatever. It <laughs> yeah, you jump on, and something is inevitably wrong. Sometimes it's PlayStation, sometimes it's you guys. But yeah. it's still like the growing pains I feel of trying to make this game be what it, you guys envision it to be, right? Envision it. To yeah. Be. So there's two things that the first one is you have a, a sense of loyalty to your product. You always there are things that get cut and things you want in the game. So after you launch your game the creative person inside you is like, no, we have to go back and do those things yeah. because you feel, it feels incomplete to you yeah. because you know what the things that were taken out. So there's that part too, where you want to like keep adding to this game and maybe one day it'll get to the point, but that's not really feasible because sure. you can't just take every single dollar you have and put it back in a game right. that's not making money anymore. So there's a balance there. So yeah. we feel like we have a good DLC plan and we've been working on DLC, but the big problem we're going through now is the server upgrade. So we've been going through the Unreal Engine upgrade, right. which because you're updating the game engine, right? Yeah, Not the even engine. the servers. Yeah, yeah the whole yeah, engine. Yeah. And we can't really do anything until that's completed. Right. So we're kind of a holding pattern right now with all the like the JSON X and the Grindel map. Yeah. And all those things. Well, and that was the thing is like yeah. you know, I thought 
even in the time when our servers are on fire, everything, you guys were doing the right thing that, and yeah. I've talked to you off camera about this, right? That we learned the hard way as well of how to communicate. It's, it's not yeah. about having good news. It's about having any news and telling you what's going yeah. on. And it was, I think that you guys came out with that DLC roadmap. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, it was really well done, I yeah. thought. And you saw you checking boxes. Yeah. And then we got somewhere installed and I forget what yeah. crook of the map we saw yeah. that. And there was the silence and i did see the subreddit of like they they promised private servers forever ago yeah. and what's going on and so it was all about the game engine yes that the engine is to hold up because okay. we knew dedicated servers are our are, are biggest issue but we couldn't do anything about it for the longest time so yeah. like the lighting tech wouldn't work on the new unreal we had to wait for them to catch up yeah but on the, the unreal version we were on didn't do dedicated so no matter what we did at that point yeah it was going to cause a problem right and then we had dlc we were working on that we couldn't upgrade the engine while you're doing that because sure. that causes problems to your DLC because yeah. it may not work. Always so, fun, yeah. So there, yeah, at that crooked part of the roadmap, it was when we hit a snag. We go, okay, we have to announce an engine upgrade, but we couldn't do it because we didn't have the time frame in mind. So yeah. that's why there was like silence there. And, and sometimes you feel like the more you communicate, the more people get mad. So we put this roadmap out, and if you miss one day, people yeah. just get mad at you. And that when you put it out, I was like, "Ooh, this is a bold thing to do because they are now going to hold your feet to the fire." We felt we needed to give people answers. Like, yeah. Okay, let's just tell them what we're working on. That'll make them happy, right? And they, they did. But yeah. then, unfortunately, schedules get changed. Sure. And then some people are just instantly mad. Or what's that mean? You said you promised this. This I'm like, this ain't a promise. This is just a roadmap of what we're working on. So you know, but it's okay because I mean, I don't want to sound like the pity case up here. Like, oh no, 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 like no. the customers. They had a right to be mad. The yeah. game doesn't work when it comes out. As a consumer, yeah, yeah. I, I've been there. Of course, I'm on the inside, so a lot of my friends make those games. So yeah. I, I don't go yell at my friends that their games well, not working. Well, I, I mentioned this like, yeah. as of recording. This will go up later. Uh, sea of Thieves launched on Tuesday, and it's Wednesday now. Yeah. And I saw when their servers were melting, yeah. Wes put out a thing of like, I feel for you guys. Exactly. I, I understand yeah. where you're at more than you think I might. I mean, let's <gasps> think about that. that. That's Microsoft. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Even like when Destiny or Diablo came out exactly. and, and shit the bed. It's yeah. like, that's Blizzard. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, these are the problems of modern gaming of you think you know what it's yep. up and you do a beta test and you do all the stuff yep. but then you get out and there's this weird memory leak you never thought of or yep. somebody puts these two items together and that crashes everything yeah, yeah exactly so it's just trying to see the future but if you don't have a hundred people trying to see the future if it's just three of you trying to you yeah know, you, you only see what you can see at that point well Plus I, you're trying to balance budget and get the game out on time and if right. you're a small company time is money and you're just like what do you do well i appreciate that you have been open about it yeah. in the fact that i do think you know you shut down for a little bit there and it was yeah. the dick and i did see the subreddit get really mad but when yeah. you guys did resurface and be like hey guys here's the shitty answer right we're yeah. upgrading the engine we can't do anything it seemed like that calmed the hardest of the heart and the vocal minority that i always talk about right They'll uh, always be there. yeah exactly yeah. and like good good and bad yeah. right but the yeah. people who are on any subreddit or subreddit that are super active and wanting to have a conversation yeah. they're the most passionate so they're going to have the most you know feelings about anything that's happening yeah and i saw that that was good and i really appreciated myself as a fan when you guys came out and talked about and i forget the what's the name of the blue mode you were talking about oh, for par paranoia paranoia where i saw that pop and you were working on it and i was like yep. oh and, I, and it, I was watching the jason movies and i was like yep. oh it's gonna be who is the killer nobody knows who yeah. the killer is that's gonna be great and yeah. you put out and then it was quiet for a long time and then you guys finally surfed and was like hey the mode isn't fun yeah See, like, at what point do you tell people about that mode? Like, yeah. We wanted to tell people about it, and we did. Yeah. But and if you wait until it's fun or the very last minute, then you spring it on them, and it's, it comes out a week later. Sure. So we really wanted to tell people about it and get people excited, but then we kept playing and kept playing it, and it just wasn't fun. Yeah. So what do you do? Release a game mode that sucks? Yeah, yeah. No one wants that. Right. right? So, but I'll, I'll say this. Like, at that time, 
just until recently, we hired Daniel Nixon. You know, he worked at Ubisoft on like Assassin's Creed and all these cool games. So he's our new community guy. Poor Ben, the previous guy, uh, you know, he, he didn't work in social media for 20 years. Yeah. You know, like, so <laughs> there's really no plan for every single scenario that comes oh, your God, way no, when I you're dealing imagine. with Facebook, Twitter, and, and Reddit, and Discord. So one, that's not a job for one person. Yeah. So a lot of our communication problems weren't because we didn't want to communicate. It oh, no, just, no, no, yeah. It's like, how can you even get to every single message? And... It's just, it's a difficult thing. So well, we, have, we have Daniel on board now, so he's he's running that front and he's being very upfront and direct with people, which is well, good. You know, two years ago when we were struggling to communicate, I think it was like a year and a half ago, yeah. uh, it was the conversation of, we always felt like we were right about where we needed to be. So let's not communicate yeah. something we think we're going to have fixed or, you know, yeah. change in a little bit. We're going to have this working the way it should be. And when it wouldn't happen... The silence is getting, we're kicking exactly. the can on how long, where the fuck kind of funny live is. Cause we, you know, and it's right. like, well, I don't know. And meanwhile, you want to tell people, yeah. but at the same time, you're like, man, if we do, we get, what are you going to give them another date? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. At some point you have to be quiet just to try to work, but then people get angry. They think you're ignoring them. Yep. Exactly. You guys are just taking the money and running. You're yep. a bunch of thieves and yep. you hate us or you don't like this game. You moved on to another game. Really? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, there was some rumor that you guys had. No, Elphonic had been working on it. That that game, the Dead Alliance game. Rats. They were working on that game before Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, like they were just that was a separate publishing deal. So mm -hmm. yeah, they didn't move on to Dead Alliance. But of course, the press writes that headline, and it's true. Yeah, Elphonic moves on the new game. I'm like. Did you even do any research? Did you even call anybody? <laughs> well, no. What they did is story developing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You put that. Yeah. We've you reached that, out for a comment. Yeah, story developing. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, you need like a you need like a magnifying glass. Sure. To see yeah, that yeah. Part. Story They'll put the update on later. Just update. Yeah, it doesn't matter because the damage brackets. is done by then, though. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. You know, so anyway, that's okay. But yeah, so you know, it is what it is. So where are we now with Friday the Thirteenth? Then we are in limbo. Yeah. Well, I mean, the game is still there. Oh yeah, the game's we, going. We, we, we have cool DLC right that came out and people are enjoying it. But our main focus is finally getting dedicated servers in. But the 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 engine upgrade is the one thing that we we can't do dedicated on our current version of Unreal. Right, it just doesn't support it. Sure. So, which is always a problem with using a new engine. Yeah. Like Unreal is the best thing in the world, but it's not their job to hand you an, an a la carte. Like cool check box. Plug this in. What do you need? Click that box and uh, it'll update do you need everything. Yeah, yeah. Do you need awesome lighting? Do you need dedicated servers? Those are things you have to build yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what's so? Do you have a timetable for that now? Um, or April maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So not too far away probably. But we still want to. I don't want to give a date because. Again though, <laughs> I mean, like you, I, I hear you, and I know yeah. you put April on there. So now the headliner. The hey, I think we've no, we've already said that. Daniel no, won't no, kill I know me. that. Yeah, yeah, Daniel yeah, yeah. won't kill me. Thank God. <laughs> but I think it's the thing of you're doing it the right way again by talking and yeah. being human, right? Because that's the thing that yeah. gets lost when it is that. Yeah. I've bought this box game from. Walmart, yep, which yep. next to all these other guys that are just corporations and companies that don't give a flying yep. fuck about us, we yep. feel. You know what I mean? Yep. You go and it doesn't sure. work this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then once that's done, are you back to your roadmap of trying to get Jason X out and trying oh, yeah. to get us to yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we got, we got uh, some... hold, real quick. If you are a podcast listener, that siren is happening here. It happens often where people are listening in their cars and start pulling over or looking around. That's us. That's us. That's a good Sorry. point. Sorry. We have, so, we're on a very busy connection street here okay. in San Francisco. It's okay. So we're at the point where like, then it'll be back to yeah updating the roadmap and mm -hmm. continue to work on the stuff that we know we wanted to do. So yeah. it's just you, we, we have some third party companies that are working on some stuff for us too, yeah, so right. that not all development is stopped. Yeah, because the the truth is it takes almost the almost the entire Ilphonic staff to do these dedicated servers and upgrade because it affects every department. Yeah, when you upgrade your engine, it affects every single art, animation, everything. So video games are like, all variables, and I couldn't take it, man. Yeah. I couldn't take I, it. Ilphonic, I couldn't do what they do. Yeah, like. The amount of pressure that, and the amount of work they've done on this game has been incredible, especially for a game that 
had like a five million dollar budget, which is like EA's coffee money, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, it, it seems like a lot of money, but in in game dev terms, it's not. And yeah. you know, especially if you have to delay your game like we did, you know, that's my favorite actually thing I want to get out there. Sure. When people say just delay your game, just delay your game, just why, why do they delay it? I don't think people really know what that means. Yeah. Because as, as a consumer, twenty years, I didn't know. Yeah. When you delay a game, if you're if you're dev to do, I'm gonna throw a random number out there. If it sure. costs a hundred grand for them to run, and you delay your game six months, do you think those employees work for free? Exactly. They don't. Yeah. But there's a mis- mis- there's a conception or a misconception out there that hey, just delay your game and it doesn't cost more. These aren't people that live in their basement. They don't have bills. Right. You have a family. People have families and rent, and there's a studio you have to pay. So if you delay your game six months, you better have six hundred grand to make up for it. Yeah. And if you don't, you better go out and get funding. Yeah. So you know we we, we did have to delay our game. Too. So that was one thing we had to go through too, which sure. was was off. Awesome. Well, that's so. the big. I mean, the problem with it is how do you how do you make it all work and spin the plates and get it out and like you know, there's been so many conversations of you know, I release the game incomplete, but you get the money to put back into the yeah. game. And but like you're saying, yeah. that's not instantaneous. It isn't. Yeah. Oh, cool. We sold this much on the first week, so now I'm taking this money that yeah. hasn't been. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly from other sources, you don't have to confirm yeah, well, it. It's like a month before. Well, you ever get any money from you ever somebody? heard of like net 60 or net oh yeah 90? no i know that on yeah. my contracts you do my exactly. contracts yeah, so yeah, yeah that's why i brought it up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly same yeah, yeah. if you don't know what that means and when you sign like when kind of funny i'll sign a deal and i'll go host the dice awards we'll put them on net 30 or whatever which yep. means from the day we invoice you 30 days till exactly. the payment. Yeah, yeah so you know in some companies um yeah not particularly individual but some people play quarterly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah four times a year no no i can't do you that. know no. so it's, it's all dependent but you, you don't get the money day one so we're like, man, we have all these awesome DLC that, that got cut from the game or we barely got the game out of time without running out of money. Yeah. We can take some of the money and put it back in the game, but you can't even start that process until you get paid. Yeah. So already for the first couple of months, you still only have the money you had when you finished your game, which is why a lot of games run out of steam and you see them not update their game because they're out of money. Yeah. They spend every single dollar, especially if they're a small company like Indies. I'm surprised that indie games don't get delayed more. Like that is the hardest thing to do is to take... And you've seen this through Kickstarter. Sure. People run out of money. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't plan for that last six months of, cre- uh, you know, feature creep where sure. you start changing your game halfway through and all of a sudden you're out of money and you can't even finish your game and they can't go get funding because no one wants to loan them money. Yep. So they cancel it. So it's a big problem in the indie world because develop- AAA developers, they can just take money from another project. Right. You know, yeah. and, and fund, and fund the, like the, the year delay or whatever. But it's costly. So. So this brings up an interesting question I have for you guys. When you think of Friday the 13th, what do you think of, outside of the roadmap, in terms of support, right? Because as somebody who's yeah. new, this is, I think, this was my first big game, uh, Marvel hero, sure, a little bit of Destiny before, but this is the one that I got invested in, right? Of like, yep. I'm all in, and I think your trophy list sucks, but I hope one day I get close to having them yeah, all. I'd love you to update it, just saying, you know, but, uh, yeah. but okay. I, yeah, right. I, I, uh, I'd like to play that much. I'd like to play it for years that, to yeah, come. Like, yeah. but do you see it that way, or, or what do you think in terms of games of service, in terms of Friday Thirteenth longevity? So here's, there's always the problem of the longer your games on the market, the less it sells, diminishing less, return. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So then you take, especially if you take four or five, ten million dollars and put that into DLC. Yeah, you're not getting that money back. Sure, but as fans, we don't care because we care more about the product than yeah. we do our bank accounts we're like no we're going to take a lot of money and put it back in this game even though there's not a lot of people buying it at this point or at that point a year from now yeah but you still do it because that's the right thing to do most companies or some companies wouldn't do that at all they would just launch the game and put out like one dlc pack and be done because they know they're not going to return yeah but then you have to pay for servers 
mm-hmm. which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You pay monthly the servers. ongoing cost of the that, ongoing right? cost of servers, but yet people aren't using those servers. So you're paying more than the people are playing. Yeah. So that's why you see games, you know, EA or someone will cancel a game, you know, that's three years old, and you're like, right. oh, well, no one's playing it. Exactly. But well, there they, will still be some people who are playing it who are mad. So I don't. I really can't give you a good answer on that. We okay. want to support it as long as we can. Yeah. But yeah, at some point, if you're paying a hundred grand a month in servers, and you're not making money, yeah. you can't just be homeless because you wanted to I hear keep the game going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a problem with multiplayer games in general. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing question for the last ten years. Now that everything's online, exactly. how do you keep a game alive forever? And then what happens you know? when it does die? You know, I mean, this yeah. is, I, I brought up Marvel Heroes a second ago, right? Yeah. That was the thing, where I like know. as a part of that community, where it was like, cool, it's closing and it's closing like now. You're like, oh my fucking know, god, yeah. really? Especially with like Final Fantasy Eleven, I remember when yeah. that closed and I was yeah. in there, but and I didn't really know that about servers and things. I'm sure. Like, oh, don't close my game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Playing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, that's kind of what you deal with when you make a multiplayer game. You want it to live on forever, but the truth is it can't. Yeah. So we're hoping our single player will help fill that void for the people that continue to want to play our game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're doing the single player challenges and missions, and they're coming soon. So yeah. we got, we're making pr- good progress on those. Cool. So, yeah, you've yeah. already added other stuff too, obviously, like oh, virtual yeah. cabin, offline play, and you got boxes. Yeah, the virtual cabin was one thing that actually we went back and just as ourselves, man, we got to make this better. Yeah. So we just did. Yeah, we took our resources and just had another team work on it, and they just did it. So yeah. people love the virtual cabin, the new one. So yeah, let's go. Cool. Okay, I want to kick it over to the experts. Let's do it on let's the Friday the Thirteenth game subreddit again. I as I posted here, I pointed out longtime lurker. Thanks for all the content because yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm subscribed to a lot of subreddits, but it's rare that I chime in on them. Because it is very much like, what are you doing over here? Okay, yeah. tell me about this Snyder Cut DC Cinematic Universe. Anyways, yeah. you can join their subreddit, r slash F13 the game. Um, right now, I'm refreshing, yeah. Most upvoted one here is from Garadon, who says, are there plans to add new escape routes in either future or currently available maps? Which is interesting. I, I don't want that. I like well, I like how it is. I, I People are already figuring out their own things. I don't want that. Just uh, You would be surprised how quickly counselors can escape if you add even one more. Yeah. You would be surprised at the shift and balance that I can't get variables of trying to balance one this little stuff. new escape route. If we were to do a third or a fourth, you, you would be shocked at what it does to gameplay. Now, yeah. Early on in development, we had these ideas and we did some things. We had multiple routes. It wasn't a particularly different one. It was yeah. just more of, and people just got out quick. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of balance and has to go into even something as simple as that. Sure. So even now with like, you know, just the variable of where, like, on you know, how the main road you have, which side the cops are going to show up on. Yeah, it's like one of two places. Yeah, and it sounds like, oh, that's not that much, but like that 50 50 of being a counselor yeah. and waiting in the bushes, like, where the fuck's going to yeah, be? If there and was then a, being Jason of like, where the fuck I have to warp to. Now, put a third one in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, it wouldn't be too much, but actually, it affects a lot of things. Yeah. You know, Jason morphs to the wrong one, he's not, he's done. Like, he'll never catch you with the other two. Exactly. Yeah. So, two was the right number, and we experimented with a lot. So, I'll say no. For now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just to be honest. No, no, no thank you for being <laughs> honest. That's really yeah. uh Dan, no, Dante Mir. I'm bad if the names aren't intercapped. It's hard to do. No, it's, Dante it's, Mir says, I'd like to suggest one. Currently, the game is awaiting a big patch to upgrade the game engine for Friday the 13th. Yeah. Once that upgrade is done, are there plans for new game modes? What do they consist of? I know uh, you're not going to go to what they consist of, but well, you didn't, the mode didn't go the way you wanted to, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. One. I mean, we haven't officially canceled Paranoia at sure. this point. So still tinkering. It's still, still there. Yeah. I mean, we, but. The resources that it takes to make that game mode better currently are being divided up against, you know, the engine upgrade and yeah. all that stuff. And then we have single player also that we're making. So it's a matter of spreading out your resources. Do you want to put everything on paranoia? 
or do you want to do the engine upgrade and yeah. dedicated servers and single player, which we promised already single player. Paranoia was never a promise thing. That sure. was something it was we, like a tease you guys. Yeah, were doing. we wanted yeah, yeah, yeah. to do, but it was never like on the roadmap and it was never a Kickstarter goal. It was just something we did just to fill our time. And so I would say there's always a chance we can go back to it, yeah. if, if, it if it becomes fun. But okay. beyond that, another game mode, if you're thinking of Call of Duty or Battlefield where you're in the main menu and it's like Conquest yeah, versus yeah, Deathmatch, yeah. probably not in terms of that. So yeah. If we did anything, it'd be Paranoia. So okay, yeah. I feel like that's the thing about Friday Thirteenth is that I love I I love the game. I think it's great at what it does. Yeah, and I I really don't look to it and go, man, I'd love this as well. Like even single player, I'm like, that's not yeah. really for me. Or yeah. the bot stuff, I'm like, no, nah, yeah. I want to play with my friends. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think every game needs that. Yeah. And luckily, I think we're one of the games that don't. Like Battlefield, yeah, sure. Those games do. You need a variety in, but I think these these horror experiences are. It's you and surviving against yeah. a killer. You don't want killer versus killer. You don't want to see seven Jasons, run, eight Jasons running around <laughs> trying to like fight each other. Yeah, people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not. I don't know. We'd want to do that. Like that's you know. That, I don't think the IP would be comfortable with that too. We yeah, have, we have yeah, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, what's lost in this is we have to consider them too. Sure, they. I'm some. They have. They have a they say have so. rights in this. Yeah, yeah and they, say they, so, they yeah. trust us completely. Sure. This whole process, they've been incredible. In fact, they've been like, I can't believe you know more about this franchise than we do, or just as much. Yeah, like, they feel completely safe. But still, we have to run it by them. I don't think that would make it. <laughs> True Boredom says, what's the plan for the update for Retro Jason? What is the plan for buffing J part seven, Jason? Yeah. And then BGF, oh, big fancy, but no thing said. Please include this one, Greg. Greg. So yeah, I so I know exactly who this person is. And we appreciate your thoughts about J7. We are trying to plan something for him. We're trying to get to him. Unfortunately, things like buffing a particular Jason are a little lower on the totem pole when sure. it comes to... You know, like if I was to have to stop and say, hey, producer or game play designer, stop and make J7 good and all the ramifications of that. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm doing dedicated servers or we're doing art and animation. And like, again, the team is out 30 of people resources. or whatever. Yeah. yeah the yeah, team yeah, is yeah. out of resources. Like I can't grab the intern and make him do this. It's right. not a thing you can do. So he's on, it's on the list. Yeah. And Retro is, Retro is something that is actually a lot more complicated to make him his own Jason because each Jason ha has to have new kills. Mm. And in order to get new kills, you have to mocap. In order to go to a mocap studio, you have to rent it and plan eight, six, seven months in advance and get Kane Hodder and all the stuntmen back. Yeah. And you have to get Tom Savini or myself or someone to design new kills. So even something as making Retro his own Jason, selectable in the menus with new perks, yeah. he has to have new kills. That is the biggest holdup of adding new Jasons and things like that is, first of all, it takes like four months to get the Jason in game from start to scratch, but you have to go get new kills, which yeah. isn't something we can just do. Those are all mocapped. So gotcha. that's really the main holdup for Retro. That's interesting. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm talking about where it's like, I don't feel like an expert at all in this game, right? Yeah. I'm like level 37, 8, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's like you talk to that and I'm like, I'm totally fine with Retro Jason being a skin. I don't think about yeah, it, it, but like the we, fans love it. It was something it. we wanted to do. Yeah. And I think we even said we were planning on doing it. I think Wes may even said we we're going to do it. But then we're like, fuck, man. We got new Jasons in the pipeline. Each one of those takes three to four months to make. Yeah. Then you have to go to mocap and get new kills and you have to put them in the game and get blood going and camera angles. It is well, a, I remember that. I remember when there was like a... a you guys talked in some interview about somebody wanted a young Jason in there. Yeah. Like, and you guys were like, they hey, still do that. And, 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 yeah. and sure, that's a great idea. And that's awesome. But like yeah. all the kills are animated for Jason to be eight feet tall. Yeah, that, that so was like, me. I was like, sorry to disappoint you, but a four foot Jason is not going to lift. Yeah. Uh, and some guy goes, that's because you're lazy. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm like, we're lazy, dude. Yeah. No, yeah. It has to do with physics. And like yeah. four foot Jason couldn't even lift a counselor off the ground. Their feet would still be on the ground. All yeah. of our kills come from the lifted position. And yeah. that's a gameplay back end thing. So when Jason grabs you and lifts you, then the kills are activated and they're all designed and animated from that starting point. Mm. You can't just 
changed it up. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's why we have grab kills and we have um, contextual kills around the map. Like those are all on purpose. I, f- I feel you tell me. I feel it's safe to say that like what Friday the 13th game is and is out now is yep. this is the base. This is the toolbox, right? Like yeah. we can't deviate that much from any of this stuff. Like this is what it is and this is the toy box game we've set up and like yeah. That, that's who these characters are. That's how it plays. Yeah, it's like building a it's like building a house. You can't go back and take out the bottom. Redo foundation. the foundation. Yeah, like people give the Dead by Daylight uh, guys a really hard time because they don't have kills in their game. Right? Yeah, and like why don't you just add kills like Friday Thirteenth and like no they they can't. You so can't that's go, our foundation. You can't yeah, go yeah. back to the foundation. Huh. So I hear that a lot on their thing too. It's like or someone will go to Fortnite or Battlefield and say why don't you just do what they do? Yeah, you yeah. know it, it's in theory it's a good idea, but you're you're messing with the structure. Yeah, the, the right. train's out of the station. Yeah, right? so to have kid to Jason in our game. First of all, you can't murder kids. Okay, so I can. You can't have a uh, you know a twelve year old Jason or whatever yeah. running around and then you kill him. Yeah. So that means now you can't kill Jason because the SRB wouldn't even let us kill a kid Jason. Yeah. So now how do you now the killing option's gone? <laughs> now you can only escape in our game. So that changes our game completely. Just yeah. that one little yeah, option yeah, yeah. of having him in the game. So uh, ASDFX five hundred. Will we ever see a rebalancing of cons- uh, counselor stats? Like, is that something you guys think about in terms of going in? Because, like, I've seen it, too, where it's like, yeah. there's a whole bunch of counselors I'll never fucking play as. Because, like, they're not, yep. again, that's who they are. Like, yep. I don't, whatever, yeah, I'm just so, never going to play. That's true, and we, we have thought about it. And But, so, if you look at each one of those counselors on a spreadsheet, yeah. and you line them all up, anytime you change one counselor, you have to change the other counselors, too. So, let's say we make Lachapa really fast all of a sudden. Well, that's not going to be a good thing because he can fix stuff really good. Yeah. And now yeah, he's yeah. going to be running really fast. That's a deadly combination. So just bumping him up in speed or giving him more composure or something. Now you have five counselors with an eight out of 10 composure. That's a bad thing. So it's like looking at a spreadsheet. Right. So just changing one counselor actually affects the other ones. Sure. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, maybe he's not that guy anymore. It's an archetype, which is the real and that's th- thing, right? You want him to be the stereotypical exactly. horror movie so character. So really, that's why we haven't. Yeah. So just because... Yeah, for me, when, I, add a new when I look at somebody, I'm like, oh, well, you know, she's bad at repair. He's bad at running or whatever. I'm like, well, he's the fat nerd like me. Yeah, he shouldn't be good. At, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I understand that I'm role playing to an extent. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of why we haven't touched it. Okay. So. Um, a, lot, a couple people in here are asking, like, would Never Hike Alone content ever make it over there? Is that Because that's the fan film, right? That's First not, of all, I love those guys. I hang yeah. out with them. Vinny and those guys that never, never right, don't rub it in our face that you're popular. You know? No, no, no. They, you know, they're <laughs> really cool dudes. And yeah, they, that is a fan passion project. And I give them all those respect in the world. But the problem is it's a fan film. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what happens. As soon as you put their Jason in our game, what do you think happens, Greg? Um, the people who are the actual owners of the license What's are going to be pretty pissed. What's that mean if that Jason was in our now game? Now that's canon. That's Guess canon. what? We're accepting this movie as canon. There you go. Okay. So if you think lawyers... Are gonna let that happen? And even good lawyers like Warner Brothers and everyone's not gonna let another one kind of sneak in. Yeah, it's from the outside looking in. I can see why people would want that. Sure. I, I would like to have him in there too. And sure, I already, I already told Benny to his face. I would love to do it, but now then it's recognized as official canon, which, as you know, yeah. working on anything, yeah, with with IP, it's a very hard thing to do. So I'm gonna go ahead and just say no. I'm very sorry to disappoint you. But that you, ain't yeah. never gonna. That's happen. a great. That's a great response and makes sense. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Ismon asked a question I should ask a long time ago. What exactly does the engine upgrade entail? It looks better. It runs better. It's more stable, that, I yeah. assume. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it allows you to do things like ACR. It allows you to have more processing power because it's more streamlined. It, for one, gives us dedicated servers. Yeah. <laughs> so That's when, the big one. That's when, the big when, one. You know, yeah, when yeah. Jason quits or the host quits, per se, the game's not over, which is good. 
which yeah. is our biggest problem. Yeah, yeah, being able to push the host yeah, to somebody so else. Yeah, so Xbox will perform better. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, there was a question here about what's going on with Xbox. Yeah, so it's gonna, the, the engine upgrade is going to help us all those. It's yeah. look better. It's going to perform better. Yeah. It's a, anytime you have a new engine, it just, it, they, they make improvements, so they streamline everything. But really, it's the dedicated servers while we have to do it. You know, we could never get those without of it. Of course. So, and with that comes a lot of cool other things. But it, it touches, like I said, every single department almost. So it's not like, oh, just hit a button Doop. and export. Ooh, yeah. New engine, have the ship breaks. Animations don't line up anymore. Art looks weird. You're like, what? What is that? It's yeah. not rendering lighting right. So it's a lot of stuff. Makes sense. Yeah, which is why it takes so long. Yeah, I've, it's interesting. I'd like to think I don't take for granted how blessed I am on a yeah. daily basis, just with my life in general, and yeah. like you know the the how lucky I am to have kind of funny and all these yeah. best friends and stuff. But when people were started complaining about the host migration and people yeah. quitting, Jason and I was just like. Oh, right. That never happens to me because I'm lucky enough to tweet out who you wants play to play Friday the 13th friends. and all these kids want to play with me and I'm I just in there and I don't have to worry about anybody I, quitting me. I mean, we feel, I hate watching a game and then seeing that happen. Yeah, it's, so we troll each other. It hurts me yeah. so bad to see people get disconnected from the game. So it's not like we don't want to fix it. Believe me, the whole team's like cringing every time it happens and we're like, oh, it feels so bad that this shit is happening. So it just takes a while to do and unfortunately, it wasn't their launch. So, yeah. Thank you so much for making this game. I'm Thank sure you, you guys don't it. get tough, told that enough by the well. I mean, no. Let me them. just be clear. We have so many people that tell us that all the time. Yeah, but you also have thousands and thousands of people who hate you and want to kill you. But the hate, <laughs> the, I feel like the hate yeah. is driven from a place love. of love, it right? Is, yeah. yeah it's, where it's, it's like, it's, I, I, it's the same thing I always talk about. Where you know, for me, the vocal minority that IGN was always the people in the comments who want me to die. Exactly. But then you go to a PAX and everybody's like, "Oh, so amazing! And we love you! Yeah, and it's great!" Exactly. And I'm like, "Oh, right! I forget that." Like. It's when you're angry about something, you're so much more motivated to post about Just it and talk off. about it and yeah, pop yeah, off. Yeah. And I've, done, I've done it about the game even when yeah. like it won't work and we're oh, fucking man. mad here. I remember that tweet yeah. where one was like, this shit doesn't work or something. I was like, you don't even know what that felt like yeah. on our end. I was like, no, fuck no. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to play the game. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. this is horrible. Yeah. So yeah. But, but yeah, no, we, we have tons of fans. They like love them because we are Friday 13 fans yeah. and it's good. We have handwritten letters more than you can count from people that... Yeah have told us how, oh my God, my get, my dad was dying and this was like, he loved the movies and we play it every night yeah. together and like emotional things like that from these fans, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. So, well, Ronnie, good. thank you so much for your time. Yeah, dude. I appreciate you coming on. Have a great GDC. I'm considering it. Okay, good. good. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, you thank too. You. And then oh, go, 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 go finish the engine. Well, luckily, Ilphonic's doing that. Okay. See, right now, there's probably someone saying, why don't you stop doing interviews? Yeah, right. <laughs> and go fix the game. He should have spent this interview time <laughs> working on the game, giving me new counselors. I, I'm like, you don't want me fixing the game. I promise. Yeah. Yeah, so it's okay, though. All right. Ilphonic's on the case. Good. We got it. Cool. Put a kind of funny shirt in the game. What do you say, huh? Dude. Not this. This is no clip. I don't, don't even have don't a kind of funny shirt. I sent a bunch. I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> you son of a you, bitch. You, you did send us shirts. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go back to the games cast. Well, that was great, Greg. I Thank learned you. a lot about Friday the 13th. Thank I bet you, you didn't that. learn anything. You Nothing? I mean? No, because I've seen you play. Anything. You're not you good. know that every year there's three Friday the 13th? Every year? Every single year. Totally made up fact. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been you. the kind it. of funny games cast. I love me. you guys. I it. Yeah. <laughs> Until next week. I love you. I will say on Detroit, though, no sign of Barry Sanders. I just like you, too.